Welcome back, dude and dudettes, to another wild episode of Send It, Mate. We're here to talk about all things hunting and outdoors, and today we've got something that'll keep your gear running smoother than a dingo's getaway. That's right, our show is brought to you by High Calibre, the gun and knife hole company that knows how to keep your firearms and blades in tip-top shape. High Calibre is like the secret sauce for hunters, anglers and outdoorsy folk everywhere. It's like the magic potion that makes your gun and knives happier than a dog with two tails. You know, guys, I've been using high-caliber oil for a while now, and let me tell you, it's the duck's nuts. My rifle practically sings a lullaby when I take it out hunting. And speaking of lullabies, ever tried sneaking up on a deer with a squeaky gun? It's a prime way to end up with no venison in the freezer. You'll be hungrier than a vegan at a bacon festival. Absolutely. But with high-caliber oil, your gun will be quieter than a ninja in moonlight. You'll be stalking your prey with the grace and stealth of a mountain lion. High Calibre doesn't just keep things quiet, it also prevents rust and corrosion, so you won't find your gear looking like it's spent a season at the bottom of a creek. That's right, and for you knife enthusiasts out there, High Calibre has got you covered too. Your trusty blade will slice through anything smoother than butter on a hot biscuit. So folks, don't let your gear become a rusty squeaky mess. Head on over to highcalibre.com.au and grab a bottle of their oil today. And if you use the code SENDITMATE at checkout, you'll get a special discount. I say again, use the code SENDITMATE for all your oil slick, stealthy hunting needs. Thanks to High Calibre, you'll be sending it in style and silence. So, gear up, oil up, and send it, mate. High Calibre, the ultimate oil for the ultimate hunter. Welcome, 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 all you multi-gendered good motherfuckers out there. I'm Josh. I'm Caleb. And I'm Couchy. And welcome to another episode of Senate Mate Podcast. Thanks, Josh. Is that better? That's much better. That's way better. Thank you. That's take two of the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Are you got any jokes? I do. I do. I've got some dark humour for you tonight. Give it to me. All right. What's better than winning gold at the Paralympics? (laughs) Walking. Oh. <laughs> simple, very simple. Oh. If you're Australian, when you walk into the restroom, an Australian walking out of the restroom, what are you in the restroom? European. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one as well. Good one. I uh, just came up with the answer. Cool. <laughs> you're expecting a joke from me, are you? Yeah, I am. I do have one, actually. What's common... Between anal sex and Brussels sprouts. They both taste like shit. Little salt on them, they taste better. <laughs> if you're forced to like them as a kid, you probably won't as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You know, I fired the guy that cut my lawns. He didn't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's, that's, a, that's one for the dad book. Yeah, that's a fair dad. Oh, fuck, that was supposed to say mowed the lawns, but anyway, roll with that. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you're rolling with cut. Yeah. And then the, the, yeah, yeah. the line is As cut. As I said it again, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I fucked it. Cut and cut. But we got there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we've had an interesting weekend. We have, actually. We have. Well, a very fun weekend. Well, apart from all the storms and crap that's been happening. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, global warming is real. 
No, global warming is a crock of shit. Like it's freezing. It's fucking November. November. It's no. It's well twenty. What of November? We're recording this on the twenty first of November. Yeah, it's been probably the wettest November we've had in a while. That I just saying off the cuff. I haven't checked the stats, but in living memory for us, for us, yeah. (laughs) It's uh, this year's been a bit weird like that. It has. It's been a whirlwind of a year, that's for sure. I'm sure guys in New South Wales are like. We have no idea what we're talking about, but yeah. Oh, look, you know, our level of floods and storms is nowhere near compared to the rest of the country, but. Yeah, thank goodness. Our, our winds get pretty pretty horrendous, though. <clears throat> I mean, just across the road from my parents, there's a park and they've had this year probably a dozen trees fall, fall down or come over in the, the storms. Oh, it's been not to trees mention, everywhere. Not to mention the multiple Power outages because I haven't had one. South Australia haven't had one power outage. I have my red skin in my freezer and I peak every time. I don't sleep (laughs) when the power goes out. I don't sleep. I'm like, ah, fuck. (laughs) You need a backup generator. Just kicks in. That's probably not a bad idea because I've got to. I do have a genie. So yeah, shit. (laughs) Yeah, just plug it. Just run it inside the house. (laughs) It's right in the bedroom, man. Yeah, man. (laughs) Carbon monoxide, it's all good. It'll help you sleep. Just crack the, just, <laughs> just crack the window. Sleep for a lot longer than you intended. Well, he, talking about carbon monoxide, here's one for you. So start doing a bit more hunting in the snow next year. Would you take one of those buddy heaters? They're like a – Yeah. They've just got like a no. little gas thing in there and run it in your tent. No. Why not? Because it's – Because we wouldn't be having a tent. No. It's just one extra thing to carry. Yeah, that's fair. I went I went to the snow with you. I was quite warm. Yeah, for a couple of days. What if you're on a 10-day hunt wouldn't you? and you're trying to dry out clothes and things? Then we can cuddle. It's, yeah, the drying out part, yes. you'd be handy. But you'd utilise like a bushfire, oh, bushfire, campfire. Not with Caleb because he's against nah. fucking fire. It's got to be, be a little comfort fire. Um, I'm like, no, no, in no, no comfort fire. Not either. in the middle of winter he's, in the snow, I'm not. We just had this conversation about doing a, a challenge on our next hunting trip coming up in Vic and trying to start a fire with wood. Just natural like, resources. You yeah. know, and Caleb's against it. He's like, no. As long as, we put, as long as, as, long as we, we put, put it out, out straight away. <laughs> so someone's got to be when hydrated. When you get a hot and butt, he's out. like, that's enough. That is fire. <laughs> Ready to piss on it. I mean, that will actually be summer, but maybe not. Who well, knows? Will it be this, summer? It might be day. the summer winter at the moment. We might get stuck. That's yeah, forecast for like twenty five degrees on Christmas. Yes. Yeah. I'm not believing that forecast. Nah. It's been thirty for the past how many years on Christmas here in South Australia? Just thirty. Oh, or thirty or above. I just remember it being stifling for the last few years. Do you reckon we'll crack forty this summer? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be sixteen one day, forty four the next, and then back to twenty one. Because <laughs> at the moment it doesn't feel like we're gonna. It doesn't, does it? It's going to kill us when we get to. It could just be like the the seasons shifting out, though. Well, it is, but you'd expect at least a little bit of humidity with it, and there has been a little bit, but not as much as for this time of year. Having rain, it would be normally. Oh yeah, it'd be singlet weather right now. Yeah, usually normally, even in the rain, and it's been cold. I've had the heater on. A couple times, actually. Well, it worked today. It was just, like, freezing, and I'm like, this feels like it's just blowing straight from Antarctica. And I had a look at the radar. It was just all coming from the south. Yeah. And it's like, yep, now it's coming from Antarctica. Mm. 
Maybe it's because global warming is real and Antarctica is melting and it's... Oh, Antarctica is like our mate. It's just like, I'll cool you down. It's like <laughs> blowing berry. I'll cool our waters down. Jesus, man, even in summer here, you've got to have a fucking 10 mil wetsuit to swim. It's fucking freezing Do in you the know. ocean. You don't have to, no. Gee, oh, fuck. Because I believe you'd be the first guy to be like, I don't need a fucking wetsuit. No, I need a wetsuit, mate. It's you're been make, freezing. You're I'll, making it sound like you're going to have a fire on your boat when you take that out. <laughs> I'd have a fire on the boat. Would you? Yeah. On your tinny. Well, that's a tinny, not a fucking woody. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> well, when we're out there, he'll have a woody in the titty. When we're out there, what? Because he's got a campfire. How are we going to cook up? Of course, you can have a what? what you mean, how are we going to cook up? Stove and shit on there, cook up yeah, lunch. You can, jet boil. You can have like fucking jet boil. For you, okay, what are you going to boil a cup of water? Jet boil with a fry pan on it. Why wouldn't you boil up some crabs or fish? Oh, wait, you don't eat fish. What's you know, you know, like your camp stove thing that you take with everywhere. You're not boiling There's, crabs on a fucking boat. I think I'm sorry. I've, I think I've seen them with like a mount just goes on like a steel rod. I'm just going to ignore it. It's just a steel rod into the side of the boat. Yeah. And it just mounts out and swivels around. Yeah. And it's like a just a hot plate for yeah. your boat. Done. Why, why can't you have a feed on the boat? You can. 100%. Take the swing on, swing off on. <laughs> boat. <laughs> Probably going to be, yeah. No, no that would be to go. If you wanted a fire, make a fire. Who cares? You just got to carry wood with you. Well, you've got plenty of water if it goes bad. <laughs> well, so Caleb should be fine with it. Yeah, no, he'd be like, no, nah, you're start going to start fire. wildfires everywhere. No, it's no. going to burn the ocean. It'd be as soon as you start the fire, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, as long as we're not sailing over an oil slick, I'm happy. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Trust you to go there. Actually, out of everybody, I started multiple fires as a child and nearly lost. Nearly burnt down neighbours' houses. You've got nearly, yeah, burnt down the neighbour's house as well as our own house. And I still enjoy fire. I, I'm not as stupid as what I was when I was a child. But, you know, pyros always you, enjoy it. Exactly. Fire. You just sound like a pyromaniac. No, no, no. I, I enjoy it to the fact of, like, if I'm out camping, I'll have one. If I can, I will. And if you're out there, well, you can. That's as simple as that. I don't go crazy anymore and build, like, homemade fireworks and let them off on 40-degree days and stuff. That's just silly. I enjoy fire. I just don't feel the need for it at all times, like yeah, you do. It's not all about you, Caleb. Yeah. Your missus actually probably was freezing and hated it when you. No, it was quite warm. And she, secretly, she's with her little girl, girls meeting after, and what just saying? No, it was shit. I was cold. It was fucking terrible. But I'll just smile and and wave when Caleb asked. Except she wasn't cold because it was quite warm. It was warm enough to not need a fire, so I didn't start a fire. What about the ambiance? Set the mood lighting, mate, dude. No Fuck on the beach on a blanket. We're they watching a sunset on a beach. And then it's a matter of metres to the swag to continue on. Why do you need to move to the bed to con- This is an interesting This is a public beach. There's other people can't. Who other cares? Pe- Put a blanket over there. Just jump on top. Don't know what's happening in the <laughs> swag, mate. There's some, an elderly gentleman once said to me, why stand when you can sit down? <laughs> why sit down when you can lay down? Why and stand? You're already laying down and on your beach tower. No, sitting on a chair, then I'm going to go from there to the swag where I can lay down, the workbench, mate, where I can actually <laughs> get into the rhythm of something instead of fucking around on a chair. <laughs> if the option's there, you're going to go Put and- Put a picnic blanket down on the bloody sand, mate. It's heavenly. 
why when there's a swag right there? Because then you can have a fire going, the sun's setting, do your business. And if people watch, well, hopefully you get a good show out of it. So you're an exhibitionist? Look, I went to a nudist beach this year. I've been quite disappointed. There is a sentence I never thought I heard you. You for real? Wait, did we? Yeah. You, I thought you already said this, but obviously you just told me. I went, I did, and it wasn't as bad as what I thought. I mean, there's a whole heap of old fucking pervs that walk around and shit, but okay, whatever. This is a nudist speech in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, so, dozens. Yeah, I've I've only, I've heard it's mostly old pervy dudes. Yeah, mostly. It'd be like a oh, trip when they go to the beach and it's a nudist beach. Oh, sausage fest. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like all guys running after them. Was it like that? T- to be honest. Were you, so appro- were you approached for sex? We sort of parked up <laughs> and set up our – we got like a little pop-up sex beach tent. tent. Sex, sex tent. tent. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck shack. Anyway, <clears throat> we were sitting there just like doing our thing and another couple had just parked. Man, th- there's a whole beach, no one on it. This couple just parked maybe 20 feet away from us and just, like, I think from what I could gather it was a first date or second date maybe sort of thing. And just because of the way they were acting. No, you were reading that wrong. Nah, definitely reading it right. And I'm like, what? what, Right there. Like, why couldn't you go 40 feet down the other way? If they were being awkward, I dare say it's because they were naked in a public beach, not they were on their first date. No. They might have been married for four years. No, they were they were caught some of their conversation with my limited oh, hearing. <laughs> yeah, you can't hear me when I'm three feet away, but you can hear a couple probably whispering. <laughs> from you can only hear minutes. us right now because you've got headphones yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. And you record. turned up to the max. But and and to be honest, like even their body language suggested that they were on a date and they, they they hadn't got to know each other, or they clearly get to know each other well now, but they hadn't. Just their body language. I mean, there was some slight touching, but still awkwardness. Okay. It's a love guru, Josh. It's not like hard to read body language, man. Especially okay. when it's naked. There's <laughs> 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 some helpful, helpful tips there. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's definitely enjoying himself. Yeah, body language is quite easy. Was the male excited? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, have you been? No. I call bullshit. I've not been. I call bullshit. Why would you call bullshit? I've not been to Mazda's Beach. I call utter bullshit, and I'm pretty sure you have been there. I've never been there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have. I've never been to Mazda's Beach. <laughs> what about you? No. Nah. Nah, you've never been. Shit. Just get your gear off. Why not? You don't need a secluded what beach. What the hell prompted this? Exactly. You, don't, anyway. you don't need a nudist beach to get your gear off and do something out. You don't. You don't. And to be honest, I do recall recovering multiple ducks when we're out hunting and having to oh, strip fuck. down naked no, that's to go get the duck and that's come different. back. Again, exhibitionist. Like what? There was no need to take underwear off. Have you had wet underwear for a whole entire I'm day? I'm pretty sure you got naked and then threw your clothes in the water and ran off and got ducks. <laughs> <laughs> just achieved nothing. You just want to get naked. You got to do cool, what man. you got to do. I feel like there's a, if you've got a fauna line coming out of your mouth. I really think I, I, I'm I pretty sure you've told me you've been to Mazins before. I'm most certain. No, I haven't. I'm pretty sure you Why have. Why would I go? 
Because all I've heard is it's just perfect. They're for old seedy men. But perfect example. No, it should be old seedy men, and if there was females, it'd be just old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other females? Yeah, yeah. There, there was. Oh, the beach was. It wasn't busy, but there was a number of people on there. Uh, there was a couple. I think a couple female. What I think. One was a female. The other sure. one was a female. Be was, these days, yep. yeah. So it was a bit couldn't make it out, but there was a couple, and then there was a whole bunch of old dudes that would walk past. Did you go for a stroll? Yeah, went for a swim, man. Why not? What else do you do at the no, beach? No, not a swim, a stroll up and down like the just beach. Let no, it swing. Just walk down to the beach. So we were quite lot like, far I reckon, up. I reckon you would have like dunes. Yeah, I reckon you would have giggled to the beach. <clears throat> so no, you know, just. You were, like, hiding, basically, in your, sex, <laughs> in your sex tent in the dunes. Crawling through the rocks. No, we just picked a nice spot and was next to the dunes and we walked down and go for a swim. And swimming naked's awesome at the, any time of the year, even when it's cold. Yeah, it's like a bath but with freedom. How did we get to this? I have no idea, man. Summer? I think we, surely this story is uh, 12 months old because <laughs> it's coming well, around for summer Yeah, that's a good point. I have no idea. I can't remember how we got to this. When was this? I have no idea. I can't June. Remember. You'd want to go in summer. You wouldn't want to go in the middle of winter, surely. Yeah, it's, it's well, a hard one. Like if you wanted to go there and everyone else is there, then it's summer. But if you want to go there secluded, then you want to pick a colder time. I feel like if you go there in winter, you're pretty much going to encounter the seedy dudes even more hardcore. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. there's not your casual fucking, oh, or just summer. A ra- oh, it's so warm. Let's go to the beach and get naked. It's a random fisherman that's just. If you go in the middle of winter, fishing. it's just like, oh, I'm here because I'm, <laughs> <'Cause> I'm a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, to be honest. Uh, I can't remember when we went, but look, it was nice. The, once again, South Australian water is freezing. So you go in and expect to have an innie, not an outie. But look, the beaches down there are nice. They are. Mm, so very nice. I go to – it's nearly the next beach along. <laughs> he knows exactly where it is. <laughs> I also know where it is. I live in this state and I go to the beach next to it, which is Silver Sands, where well, you can drive on the beach. I didn't until I went there. I didn't even know it was the next beach along, mate. Bro, I didn't even know about Silver Sands till I was oh. – What's it, what, about, what about Silver Sands? Silver Sands. Have you never been? No. This is what we should do on New Year's. Silver Sands, Marquee, Barbecue – Couple of eskies, chocker full of piss. Good luck. Yeah, it'd be packed by the sound. I tried going there on Australia Day once, and people there like four a.m. And I'm not going somewhere where everyone else. I don't want to go where. Fuck no. Having said that, I'm probably going to go somewhere where a lot of people are this New Year's. But more, it's been on the table that we're all going somewhere. Yeah, aren't we? Are we all going? Yeah, no. Oh no, we haven't been officially invited yet. We have been. Where's the Facebook invite? I've raised it. No, no, have, is there a Facebook invite? No. Well, I'm not making a group chat for this shit. Let's Fuck. make it. We need a group chat for everything, man. <laughs> we do. Everything. <laughs> I need my group, my messages, messenger. All right. Filled with is, just random group if chats. A, I don't if a use. group chat occurs from the other people, I'll add you to it. I promise. You just claim there was never a group chat. Okay. So one of us needs to hint to his missus to set up yeah, a we group need to, chat. We need to talk to so her. So he then can add us. Yes. And then we can take over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Silver Sands is what I was talking about. And it's Silver. a very nice beach in Adelaide that you can drive your car on and set up. 
Okay. And it's generally nice, flat oceans, not too many waves, nice flat beach, just a good place. It's a good hour from where we live. But Yeah. Didn't you launch off of Silver Sands with um, Josh fishing? Nah, it wasn't Silver Sands, but I can't think of the name. Wasn't that though? I recognise it if it was that. Somewhere south. Yeah, it was due west. There's only here. one beach that you can drive on, isn't there, down south? No, you can no, go on Moana as well. Uh, wasn't that either, I think. Moana, sorry. Not this is Moana. different. This Moana. Was a, the boat ramp was on the beach, so therefore they'll probably allow traffic in and out to drop boats, but you probably couldn't just turn and travel along the beach. Was it no longer? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe? No, not longer. Surely not. I'll, I'll, I'll check the map. Anyway, this is riveting. Yes. Yeah. You can't change the subject. No, You're checking the map. New Year's. We've got to think about these things because, you know, we need some preparation and planning for, for a good New Year's and a good Christmas. It's a very undrosh statement. Normally it's like, just go. Just spare of the moment. Just Secret. go. Now you well, plan it. I'm, I'm slowly being taught by both of you to book yeah. six months in advance to do anything. Why not? At least you know everyone's going to be free then. No, because it never works out that way because someone because you doesn't put it, it as way. a priority and they're like, no, I can't make it actually anymore because we've got a, a winery and fucking bumfuck. Fuck that. Going hunting or fishing, <laughs> wineries don't take business. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. <laughs> she knows. Yeah, she'd be all right with you. She'd be like, yeah. Just she wouldn't come. Didn't even want you there anyway. Yeah, she wouldn't come with me. She'd be like, all right, bye. <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway, back on the weekend. Back on the weekend. Yes. Well, the aforementioned close-by property that we've talked about in the podcast before, we decided to head out. Caleb got to go. I got to go. Popped his cherry on that property. Fire out, finally. Wasn't the best event to pop the cherry out, but. No, no, there was some some stuff. Yeah, there was some stuff. There was a good reason to go, and that is because we've been provided with some thermal equipment to use, or more than just thermal, actually. And um, it's thanks to Ground Force International, who are a seller to distributors of Nitec uh, thermal gear. So we had a couple of pieces of kit. We had a mini scope, thermal scope, and a monocular to use. Yeah, the mini was an MS-19R thermal mini sight. Yep. And the monocular was the XD-52 thermal monocular. Yep. So, I mean, for me, that's the first time ever using – Thermal gear of any sort. Like so, um, yeah, that was good to get out there. So we do stress that it was our very first time. So we're learning. Wait, um, wait a second. You've never used thermal in the Army? Oh, I might have played and looked through it, but never used it. Not even on your drive. And again, this trip, I pretty much just played and looked through it and you guys tried to use it. In no, the- no, driver's course, it was not. Not vision, not thermal. Oh, you didn't use – I swore that AS4s had thermal, maybe not, but that's fucking PWS. Angled mirrored peepholes, man. Yeah, maybe it was the bushies. Still, I know the bushies. Probably the had, bushies, yeah. Had thermal, but AS4s the AS4 was did as well. like a basic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, they were mothballed. <laughs> <laughs> the seats were steel seat, no pads. <laughs> <laughs> the only pads on that place was the fucking tracks. Cost cutting. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so provided with the uh, the mono and the thermal scope, which is good to try. And we also got 
provided with a set of four stable sticks, which are stand-up shooting sticks, which are yeah, a bit of a, I guess, unique. They were stable. They're, they're very stable. Yes. They remind me, just to paint a picture for those listening, they're sort of like, I guess, shooting sticks that you'd see typically used in Europe or Africa. You know, most people when they think shooting sticks, it's just like a big-sized uh, bipod. Uh, or an oversized bipod sort of thing, well, but these a, have sort of four arms to it on one hinge yeah, but point. It's pretty much two bipods, one for the rear of the gun, one for the front of the gun that comes down to two points on the ground. Yeah. So it's pretty still, much yeah, two, it two points of contact with the ground. Yeah, but it's four arms instead of I know. Two. Yeah, it's a rear and a yeah. front bipod that just join at the bottom. With that, how do you how did you find them? Because you said you just mentioned they were stable, and they are They're very, very stable, stable. Very stable. So, I mean, initial impressions because we did use them to shoot your Warwick, and uh, also your old man's twenty two. Um, so we set up a little target in daylight hours when we first got to the property, and uh, I mean, I'd put them together. So <laughs> we watched Couchy put them together. <laughs> oh yeah, the first time I did it in the studio, it was fine. Mm. Out there, I don't know why it just twisted up, and yeah, they were a monopod. You raised a good point where the connections are. They should have like an A, like a little painted A to A, B to B on them. So yeah, yeah. something know. like that. Maybe not yeah. so. That would be handy until you. Yeah, familiar- I mean, just even a mark, like one and a one and a two and a two or something. Yeah, but it was the second time I did it, and it was under camera, and I'm like. Well, this is not going to work. You can, definitely just can't shove legs together because you'll end up nah. with a configuration that just doesn't do what it's supposed it's to do. Figure eight. Yeah, even when you get it right, though, you were at one stage you were twisting the legs the wrong way. Yeah, they were on the right side, but you were getting confused because they were twisted in some weird way, and all you had to do was just untwist and put them back in. Yeah, I think I just needed to unpop the like retention button and just twist the body around. It would have come on. Yeah, fine. I think it's one of those things though. Once you've done it a couple of times, it'd be a piece of piss. It's just initially, and this, yeah, and again, this is our sort of initial impressions, our first time using this gear, and we are actually going to put out some photos and videos and a bit of content with all this stuff. So we're just having a bit of a yarn about it at the moment. So I mean, yeah, once they were set up, they were bloody stable. And when you're standing, I did, I did feel like. You still have to watch your breathing because somehow, still, yeah. somehow I thought you set these up and you don't have to think about your breathing as much, but you do because you naturally sort of rock. Yeah, uh, it becomes yeah. a pivot point. The two two points of contact in the gar- in the ground creates like a pivot. So if you're breathing, you're moving up and down. You actually rock in an arc forward and backwards. Mm. I, felt, I felt like it eliminates like your movement down to just one plane. Yeah, so you're not really moving sideways or around. You only got your vertical movement yep. in your rock and stuff like that. So Which made it hard to pan. So say if oh, yeah, pan you had to reposition, you've almost got to lift one or both legs up and sort of shimmy yep. uh, to the target. That was yeah. that was a little – Because what, you know, from the, the front, it's got like a sort of flat-bottomed, probably about the width of your hand really, for your forend to sit on. So you got slight movement with panning. So out to like a few hundred metres and stuff like that, you probably feel like you got a lot more to move. But for us, we're just shooting a target, so there was no real issue there. But once you start sort of trying to sight in a deer that's moving or anything that is moving, you sort of only have a small window to 
get your shot right, and then Murphy's Law, it'll move just out of your arc and stop. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time you fuck around and try and move it around, it's going to start moving again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's – I think it's it's nice. It's very comfortable it's, to be able to stand it, and shoot like that. Yeah. It would give you the opportunity to shoot in a stable platform when you can't lay down or kneel. Mm. So when you got just your waist-height grass. But if you had a tree there – I'd rather use a tree than the stable sticks. Mm. The support, I was surprised with the the rear support for the butt of the rifle. It locked in, um, yeah. It's sort of on this axis point and it, it like the wider that you put your legs out, it sort of pinches more and holds it really, really stable. Mm. Yeah. I, I liked that part of it, which you don't get hanging off of a tree or something like that. You just got to use your body. Which, you know, here and there you've got more freedom of movement using a tree, but you may not have a tree. And clearly yeah. these are things are made for like plains where it's tall grass. Yeah. The, the one gripe I have with them, one, is it didn't set up straight away for me. Uh, <laughs> second is the fact of it has a, a limit to how far it can open for the length of rifle. But just say for your old man's 22 that we we're using on it, that length – would cause your barrel to be sitting on the actual fore end of the stable stick. Yeah. N- not on the RAS system or stock. So I feel like it could use a retention string strap, something that's either comes with the item uh, or you could just rig up something yourself. But so if you're only using one sort of rifle all the time continuously and you like a certain spot where it sits on your rifle, then you can set that up. And you can only open it to that point. Yeah. If you just want to be able to fling them open and yeah. chuck your rifle on the top. Because these are all things that just make stuff quicker and easier. Like if you can just hold it. So, and I think when we took a shot, we were all holding the front of the sticks and the barrel of the rifle when yeah. we're taking a shot. But there's, a, there's also them rifles that like to sort of buck a bit. And if you're holding the stick, not the rifle or not holding both properly, mm. then it could buck. And your rifle's not on anymore. So, like, as in it's not as stable. Not that it matters after the shot, but you never know what can go wrong. Well, you still need a bit of follow-through with your, your sh- after your shot, but I get what you mean. <clears throat> and maybe you could just tie a bit of string to go over your barrel and just have it on like a little – or to go over the, the forend of the, the rifle if you wanted to, to hold it in to stop that jump. I mean, yeah. that, that I mean, that. That, the, bottom, the bottom of that Warwick is there's nothing there. Yeah. It's smooth. But if you had like your your sling stud and that was over the front of it, it wouldn't move out. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was part of the problem was just down to the the fore end of that Warwick is in that it was just so smooth and flat. Mm. So it did want to slip off the end because the front of these four stable sticks is a, a reasonably wide, like sort of two and a half, three inch wide, flat Section. Rubber, yeah, yeah, rubber. That so it would start your Warwick on it fine. Whereas if that was my three hundred eight, for example, there's a sling start at the front of it, mm. which would just sit over. Or yeah. your say, if you had your um, bipod on there still for some whatever reason, <sighs> it would just sit over the front of it and it wouldn't slip forward. Where we found with your old man's twenty two was an MDT chassis. It's got the butt stock is hooked at the back, so you the. You can hook that into the fork for your rear and at your front you still have the Picatinny rail attachment on it mm. for the bipod with the, without a bipod. But mm. you could – we locked that in 
So it was behind the big tinny rail, and that was solid as rock then. Yeah. And nothing's going to move. Yeah. So so they weigh, yeah. what do they weigh? They weigh 800 something grams. Yeah. Very, eight, 840 grams, something like that. Yeah. Yep. So that side of it's good. They're quite, when you oh. fold everything together, they're quite long. So they're, like, they're taller than you, Josh. So it's probably <laughs> not something you'd carry. You'd have to have them made up Easily. as well. If it's, That's the I, thing. I feel like I'll be able to carry them if you strapped it to the side of your pack. Yeah, but then you're going to have – because you wouldn't want to have them in the two pieces to carry. Cause, no. Because, you know, by no the point. time you've set them up, who knows what could happen with your game. And if you've had them on your pack, well, you could close on yourself. Because they'd stand, what, another four foot above your head. Like sitting there strapped for me, yeah, because like, I can't go down that far with gremlin, them. like because otherwise it'd be dragging on the ground. So I'd have to have them up quite high, and they'd Don't probably be often, do a few feet above my head. And if you walk, I know they're probably used for on planes and things like that. But if you're walking through trees, you'd clo- like close on yourself for sure. Yeah, so, I mean pros and cons. There's a trade off. So you know it's a stable platform but it's not the quickest thing to be able to assemble on the spot. No. So it's not like those, for example, my monopod I've got, which you just flick it out and it all extends out and joins together and then you've got a shooting platform. This, to put it together from scratch, would take way too long and you, your game would run off. Mm. But if you're you know, in a group of two or three and someone's carrying them, then it's perfect. If you're in like a hide sort of scenario where you obviously didn't have any trees to sort of – form your hide around, then that could be another use that you could set up when you're there. Or if, if you set up on a game trail yeah, that you know that about this time of day they're going to come through and you can just stand there. So preempting it rather than reacting. Pre, it's a, yeah, preemptive. It'd probably be wicked for like antelope hunting and things like that, to be honest, like big, wide, vast, you know, tall grass plains. That'd be fine. And the way I pictured using them – would be, say, if I, you know, if you had a property uh, and, okay, you finish work for the day, you just grabbing your rifle and you want to go out and shoot some stuff, or you grab the sticks as well, you know, and carry one in each hand and just sort of Yeah, that's along. What, that's what I like about you know, the ones you've got. Like that, that's the mentality of my, my thoughts is you're not going to pack them in for like long hikes. Well, you could because you just undo them and once you're into your shooting grounds – set them up and then, you know, branch off from your camp every day and then come back to your camp and you're good. I mean, there are there would be scenarios where you – I mean, like we talked with Kitch when he was on the podcast and Americans are – you know, the concept of shooting prone – Is foreign. To them was foreign. Which is weird because a lot of their vegetation isn't actually that tall. Now, I watched the new Meat Eater episode the other day. They're good. And – He's hunting in this forest that has like a lot of wildfires come through, and there's it looks like a well manicured garden floor. You could get prone in that, apart from like the undulations of the ground. You could go prone and have a clear shot. Mm. There's no grass, you know, or very little grass, uh, mostly pine needles and things just I mean, on the ground. We're used to shooting prone a lot. <laughs> Or off a tree, or off a fence, or standing. I'm terrible taking a standing shot because I have a pathological tremor in my left hand or my left arm. So for me, taking a standing shot is difficult. I can navigate around it if you 
should have, you know, doing your figure of eight and you just pull the trigger, trigger at the right time. But it's even harder for me. So if I was, if I had to take a standing shot and I had a pair of those, it'd be beautiful. Yeah. Mm. But it, the, the scenario that you're going to use them is probably fairly limited for the hunting that we do. So I, I'd feel that longer ranges, the less pan would actually sort of wouldn't be so bad. Mm. So, but if you're in a dense well, environment, it's sort of not well, really. They were stable no matter what. And, yeah. you know, you do have, because they obviously make that the, the front, the front of the sticks quite wide to accommodate different width rifles uh, to go on. So, you know, if you've got, say, you got your ticker, well, you're going to have a fair bit of movement within that U grip at the front to, to sort of pan. Yep. So you're going to get a fair bit of lot or fine-tuning movement in it. You, you'll be fine. Yeah, a little bit of fine-tuning. I mean, once you get used to it, you can sort of just dig one side in and then pull the other side yeah. around. It's not the easiest way to pan, but you can do it. But, you know, there might be people that can't, for whatever reason, shoot sitting or prone and it's there, – there will be times that you'd have to shoot standing. And if yeah. you know you're going to an environment, it's going to be a standing shot. You know you've got someone else with you, then they'd be perfect because they're stable as hell. Mm. And the other thing is they catered to all three of our heights. So, you know, you've got a range of Josh, five foot two, through to Couchy, he's – I know you've been over six foot, six one. Uh, just on, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, all you have to do is put the legs out wider and it's, and that, it's shorter. And that'll also work for a, a sitting or a kneeling position as well. Yeah, if you've got the, the width, you know, if there's not. Did it go all the way up? I, don't I think, think there's, a, there's a point. I think there is a point. Yeah, where, they don't go all. Yeah. Because that, yeah, the scissoring of the back breast would only go so far till it's did we even test that closed i don't think we did no we might have to this weekend yeah yeah test it on the next next go around again this is just our initial first time using it out the field i'd use them you know in the right setting definitely yeah definitely and it it i have shooting sticks at home that i own personally and they are nowhere near as stable as this what at all well, yours the, is the, the stable sticks are extremely stable. Like, well, it's, it's surprising. Not, it is nice how it holds the whole rifle and not yep. just the front end. Yep. So you're not really sort of feeling like you really need to lean into it or apply pressure too much because you could really just set it up, line it up, and not just pull the trigger. You don't have to really yep. do a whole lot. Yep. It's taking that whole weight off on the shot. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I'm yeah. guessing there'll be a massive learning curve in getting used to these things as well. And becoming more proficient with it, mm. and that you wouldn't have to think about these things so much. But yeah, mm. but yeah, the handy bit of kit. And for anyone that is looking for them or wanted to look look them up, so four stable sticks they're called, and they retail for around three hundred and twenty. So it's not bad. It's not too bad for giving you a stable standing position in a place where you could be very limited in what you can use. And let's face it, that's half the price of. The bipod, sorry, a tripod frame uh, uh, without the ball heads and this and that that you've got to buy. So mm. Yeah, or well, people know. spend, well, I've spent a bipod 320 bucks easy. Mm. So, and that gives me fuck all of a height. 12 inches. And nowhere close to stable. stable so, mm. yeah, I mean, if you're, a, if you're somewhere you know you're going to have to take standing shots and you're no good just 
shooting offhand, then they're perfect. It's probably the most stable standing platform I've used. Mm. I've but then I've only used yeah monopod and a. I've used a standing bipod, I think. I think you've used my my shooting sticks, my Cabela's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shooting sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that platform is much more stable. Have by you far. used a tripod? Oh, trip. Yeah. Yes, they're insane, man. To yep. be honest, you, you get the same stability ish out of a tripod, out of a the stable sticks to the tripod, kind of, but you lose the flexibility with the tri- the tripod just smashes that just mm. with swivel and you're changing of just everything. Yeah. Yeah. But weighs like, a lot more, yeah. costs a lot more, mm-hmm. bulkier. Yeah. I mean, these days you're looking at like for a decent tripod ball head and things, you're in the 900 bucks plus yeah. range. But you're still in the market for a ball head, aren't you? But I am. Yes. Yeah. Unless your tripod locks your gun in so it doesn't move. Well, most of them do these days, man. Or they're on the ARCA interface so you can... Tripod, yeah, you can lock, lock it in. in. You can just let go of the rifle. Yeah. It stays so, yeah. well, here's the... Here, again, this, is, on the this is the trade-off thing. So if the tripod locks your gun in, then it's three points of contact with the ground. Your gun's locked in. It's very stable. If your tripod doesn't lock your gun in, then you're still Applied shouldering pressure. it and there's more... It's less stable. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You got so the more you're involved with that rifle, the less stable it'll be. Yep. There's a trade-off. These four stable sticks, two points of contact with the ground, two points of contact with the rifle. So it makes it quite stable. It, oh, yeah. it does definitely because you're not having to like hold up the stock against your shoulder and only having one point of contact with the rifle. It's holding both, and then you just got to work your breathing out and you're fine. And as well. Arguably, I'm sure there's people out there that are quite quite quick in setting it up, but a tripod's going to take you four times as long to set these things up. Yeah, like, to find Shannon and all that. Well, yeah. not to put them together, but because obviously you're going to go hunting with the stable sticks put together. But to like pull the legs open, put your rifle in, matter of seconds over a tripod, you know, putting each leg out, you know, getting the right height, putting your rifle in, lock it in, yeah. setting the ball joint. Probably, yeah, there's probably minutes between the two. The stable sticks would certainly be quicker. I think it's definitely not going to suit every situation, but if you know there's a situation in your hunt where you're going to have to shoot standing up, then I think they're a good option to check out, see if it works for you. I'd definitely buy them and put them in your repertoire, definitely. I don't don't think I've seen anything like them either. No. I haven't really looked, to be honest, but – I haven't really seen any sort of shooting sticks or anything like that that sort of resembles the same as these four stable sticks. They are pretty unique. Yeah. They definitely are. And we'll, we'll obviously have, as Caleb said, plenty of photos and videos online for everyone to check out. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, gave them a go during the daylight hours and set up a target. So you'd mounted your – well, you'd mounted the scope on your Warwick. I did. So I'm, I mounted the MS-19R on the Warwick a couple of days prior and just zeroed it in for the hunt on the weekend. It was good. It, it was a little bit tricky to zero after, even after reading the instructions because I'm presuming, uh, and I think this is fairly accurate, that their instructions they make as a blanket for a lot of different models. In their instructions on how to get to the zero mode, uh, yeah, it was the instructions were okay, 
but they weren't exactly how to get there. I want to try this to see if it's this Josh factor or not. Yeah, it could no, just be the dyslexia factor. Because <laughs> in the instruction book, they also have like a, a printed still footage of the screens. Pictures. And it doesn't have um, – it, it, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. And, yeah. you, you know, the zero icon that they tell you to click on isn't the same as the zero icon that was in the screen of the scope. So, you know, there was a little bit of messing around trying to figure that out. But once once you were there, it was pretty easy. I mean, you start at 25 metres and just to get on paper and basically what happens is in the zero menu, it comes up with a white dot and then a green dot. So to start with, the white overlays the green. You take a shot and then you look to see where your bullet landed and then you move your green dot through the 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 buttons on the top, you move your green dot to where your bullet struck on the target and then you once that's happened, obviously you shoot again, aiming at the off of the green dot this time, not the white dot. That's confirming. Yeah, and then when you hit your, you know, you're on the zero, you move your target out to 50, repeat, and again at 100 and repeat. Okay. Um, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, the other tricky part was the rifle was shooting – couple feet to the left uh so it wasn't even on target and my dad was calling my my shots and he couldn't see where they were and it was only by pure fluke i'm like look i reckon it's shooting left so i'll just aim right (laughs) and see where it hits on the target (laughs) otherwise i could have gone through a lot more rounds perfect storm by the sounds like yeah (laughs) so we should mention that this is a absolute entry level thermal scope it is so we weren't expecting it to Absolutely blow our minds, but you know, it was, it's a first time using it for for us. So it's designed to be used at much shorter ranges than what we're used to hunting at, basically. So yeah. really, you're going to be using this for for bunny busting. So you're going to stick it on a you know um, yeah. twenty two, or you know, go through some thick scrub. People use them for deer and thick scrub. People are using them for bunnies. You're probably not going to be, you know, if you're trying to shoot foxes at 200 metres, not what it's for. Well, so you're talking about the picture quality? Well, More yeah, so? bas- basically because what we found, because we're on a property where we're mostly going for foxes, but there's also rabbits and whatever there, and we stuck it on your 223. What we found is what it was recommended for, we can see why it was recommended for, mm. because there were times when we saw foxes out 200 metres and what did we struggle with? We struggled with the, the definition, the clarity, and being able to identify your target properly yeah. at that distance with this unit yeah. because it's an entry-level unit. So it, it has its use, it does, which is much closer up. But I think what we can all agree on is as a, as a tool to be able to identify game. Pick up game, yeah. Pick up game. Yeah. Not yeah, not well, identify, not identify, yeah, but pick up, just pick it up. Eight, some sort of game is there, mm. yeah, yeah, or an animal or something. Yeah, it well, it definitely definitely like fit the purpose there. Uh, it's amazing it, what you don't see. It is. I mean, we would have missed oh two two of the foxes, I think, in that tall grass. Yeah, and the hare. Yeah, and the hare and ruse. To be honest, mm. yeah. At one stage, we were transitioning from thermal to the spotlight. And you couldn't yeah. see the ruse in the spotlight. And then the thermal, they were, you know, bright as day. And these ruse were only 120, 130 metres away. I think at one stage, didn't we 
drive down to like 70 metres. Yeah, and I was driving. I, I stopped because you asked me to stop, and I'm like, okay. And you're like, don't you see the reason? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, this grass is like – Oh, this grass is chest high. Yeah. But <laughs> – um. Yeah, I don't know, like, and with the thermal sight as well, just that judging distance solely with a thermal sight, mm. I feel like it would be better used if you were, you know, you knew your property, like the back of your hand, and you had your sort of point of references and you knew where everything was, your distance-wise, then you could have a lot of fun with that, mm. especially when it is bunny busting or something like that just around the farm. Yeah, like, but, it, exactly, you're right. Just, if it's your property, you know it well, whereas yeah. this is not our property, so we're being extra cautious with making sure we identify that Especially not- when you're in a paddock where there's like livestock near you. Oh, and that yeah. like the fox pup we seen strolling down the hill. Yes, it was a fox because we checked it on the spotlight. But through them sights, like I'd imagine his dog would look the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah it just sort of depends on the situation where I think it's practical or not. Well, I think that again it just highlights what the intended use for this model is. Being an entry level model is up close because mm. up close and personal. It's it's night and day about what you know the profile of the animal. You can tell exactly what it is. So you know if you're through thick scrub and you're after deer, or you know if it's a rabbit at 25 meters, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, if you were definitely what controlling rabbit numbers on on your pop on your property or birds, say pigeons for instance, or something like that, at say a fodder store, it'd be perfect. I mean, absolutely amazing. You know, fifty meters. Yeah, no dramas. What's I think if you if you knew your property as well and the distance, you could get that out to one hundred, hundred and fifty. Fine. Oh, you could just knowing that distance and knowing what's on your property. You don't have to be sort of worried about what you're shooting because you know what you're shooting, yeah. and you know how far you're shooting. So therefore, it'll extend that range. Just yeah, the fact that we weren't used to the item and the property itself, yeah, like that limited our range a it, lot. It certainly. Like the confidence levels weren't weren't quite there out because I remember looking at one of the foxes that what well, you, you said you called out 120 to 150 yeah and man through this thing it looked a lot further oh yeah they look like 400 I was like holy crap and it, like my confidence level was sort of uh, I don't want to put a bad shot on this animal because of the area that we're in. You know, oh, that again. And I couldn't identify. Regardless, you don't want to put a bad shot on the animal anyway. Yeah, but it, say if we were out at like uh, the Flinders or hunting in one of our spots in the Flinders, you know, okay, yeah, if I miss and it's a clean miss, I've got thousands of acres to miss on, you know, the bullet's not going to go anywhere, you know, you're not having to worry about that, no one's on the property, you know, whereas this is rather a small property in comparison. Yeah, so we're yeah. probably more much more cautious than yeah. we normally would be. Mm, definitely, I I personally think if you were a farmer, time poor, maybe not this model, maybe bump it up a, a couple of models. Uh, if you were say time poor as a farmer or cocky or something, and you got say the end of the day, you got home, you had to go shoot some foxes because they're wreaking havoc on your stock or dogs or whatever. You know, you don't have to set up a spotlight. You can use it as one person. One, You could drive along, stop, scan, call, drive along, stop, scan, Yeah, call. like if you're shooting yeah. shooting pigs off a quad or something. Yeah, yeah, and being time poor, not having to set anything up, 
like your spotlights and this and that, and not having a second person there, like it would, it would certainly come into its own then, hundred mm. percent. So, just to close off on the scope, that's about six sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah. So if you're in the market for one, it's not really that unaffordable. Sixteen hundred bucks is you know, yeah. you got yourself a thermal scope. Mm. Whereas, yeah, it's a good, yeah, good way to get into it. And the mount, the mounting system's like a quick detachable. Uh, onto your Picatinny rail, so you can essentially s- switch from night to a day scope quite easily. Mm. I mean, they're fair. It was fairly accurate. Yeah. So I guess we're, I just want to break down the name as well. Uh, so the MS nineteen R, the MS states mini sight nineteen means the objective lens size, and R just signifies that it can record. And this unit has a 16 gigabyte internal memory, which you can use Wi-Fi to connect up for an app to your phone, or tablet, laptop, um, just via Wi-Fi connection. Mm. And other people can view what you're seeing as well, or you can just record and transfer files that way. Yep. So you connect your phone to the unit's Wi-Fi yeah. that it produces itself. It's not like you need to be within someone's Wi-Fi service or like you just connect your phone to the to the unit. Yeah. One thing that I would like to see with that unit, just you reminded me just quickly, was the battery life. Oh, that was, chewed. It chewed a fair bit of battery. It would be good if they were, or well, they are a rechargeable unit. But we had it plugged in, and I don't know whether that is because your USB port wasn't working. It charges my phone every day. It does? Because uh, it didn't really charge the unit that much. say it's going to take a bit. Uh, yeah. Were the batteries fully charged before we went out on that? Yeah. They were? Yep. Were the batteries rechargeable? Yeah, I recharged them. Okay. At just, home, just double like check. in a 240 volt socket. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, they didn't like, I mean, I would say about an hour and a half probably using them. Mm. About that? Yeah. Whereas the monocular lasted a lot longer. Well, didn't we at my place chew through like half the battery just playing with it sitting on the couch? Yeah. And we really wasn't playing with it for that long. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. We probably use the monocular more and it used Heaps like more. 5% of the battery. <laughs> like mm. that that lasted really well. They they went well with each other because the monocular, you don't have to pull your rifle in and out. And, yeah. You know, you could just sort of spot with the monocular and then if something was there – Check it out with the, the scope. Yeah. The mono yeah. was great for scanning and you pick up so much more than you do spotlighting, honestly. Like mm. I, I at one point we we're running both and I was up there, we're all up there. Um, but there was one point in particular I can remember when I had the monocular in one hand and the scope in the other and the Spotlight. Spotlight, that's the one. <laughs> in the other hand, and I scanned this paddock and no eyes were looking at me, so I missed there was three ruse, not that we're after ruse, but I missed three ruse, scanned it quickly with a monocular, I'm like, there's three ruse. Yeah. So <laughs> there was a few times when you were behind the rifle as well, like I couldn't see, it was a hair with a spotlight, but I would have the monocular on my left eye and I would sight the, um, the hair and try and like keep both eyes open and try and blend the two. <laughs> so I've got the spotlight for you to shoot, but I've got the monocular for me to see it. Well, and then hopefully you could see it as well. But I was driving that stage. You had the laser pointer on to give a reference of where the hair was. Yeah, so he could see where to aim. And yeah. I'm like, 
I can't see a bloody thing, mate. Like, I'm looking dead at this bloody laser pointer that's on the monocular. I'm like, nah, nah, there's nothing it's there. Like, like, yeah, you can see a lot more than what you think. Yeah, heaps more, yeah. actually. The, la- the laser pointer is a feature you can turn on and off, and it's just something we found was handy for being able to point things out to each other. Yeah. So you might well, get you might get a video of my cat when I found out the laser pointer existed. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. Actually, that's something they they did. You filmed me pissing. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, because you had to find out. Yeah, and you took a piss, so I thought, why not? Yeah. What did it come up with? Well, I, guess I haven't seen the video. Wait and see. But no, you can see it. Well, we've filmed a few things. We also filmed shooting the Warwick. We did. Yes, three thermal. Just a barrel is, change. That's pretty cool. That was awesome. I have to get that video and slow it down because you see just a real quick flash of the round going off as well. So that slowed down. It would look pretty cool. Yeah, when I watched cool. it, you could see the barrel me. or see a different shade of dark go through the barrel, and you're presuming that's the projectile. You I can almost can't see remember it. seeing that. I, yeah. remember that. I think it's you just could, wanting to see no, it. No, I could see it. And then, like, soon after, the barrel started just heating up from the breech to muzzle. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, we'll I'll review, slow down. We'll review the tape, but I do not remember if, seeing if that. anything, it's probably not the bullet traveling through; it's the barrel heating up. Well, it could be the gases. Length at different the time because it be would. The gases, but no, because there was a distinct difference between the two. Yeah, no, but the, like the the chamber would heat up before that. Can't we um, look at it right now? Well, we could. <laughs> well, let's settle this. <laughs> uh, all right. I just remember it like I, maybe I, maybe I saw wrong, but it certainly looked like it to me. I mean, I found using that monocular really easy with the app to be able to record. So download the app unless you're on Apple. You can't 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 currently get the app. But uh, yeah. right. most people Such are behind shit. Apple's tech. So. Anyone on Android, easy, download the app, bang, you're straight in, connect connect to the scope or the monocular, it's a piece of piss for recording. You can't do Watch it. it on your phone so you can see what your mate's doing. Like if he's running the monocular <coughs> and you're driving, for example, you just have your phone connected to it. You can connect mobile phones at once. So if you want to see what they're doing and what they're looking up, looking at out if they're up on the tray or whatever. Um, yeah, you can we, you can see that in real time. That yeah. was handy because you did put your phone on and it worked through the cab, like you had the monocular on the roof, and you put the your phone on. Yeah, my cab. phone was in the cab for yeah. people to watch. Yeah, and it was perfect. It'd be great if you could get it on a tablet. It'd be great on a laptop, iPad, a laptop no, killer. We, I reckon we Just, have we have iPads these days. I mean, oh, Samsung's not there yet. Sorry. No, our phones are close to a fucking iPad. Uh, have you seen an iPad screen? <laughs> Jesus. Heaps bigger. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, on a bigger screen, that semantics. It'll be way better. Mm. So, I mean, so the clarity of the image on the monocular is a lot better than it was on the scope. This isn't this is an entry level thing. This is actually one of the most popular models that Nighttech have out. Yeah, I, I found it really easy to use. The buttons were a lot easier than the scope to change through, cycle through the different picture modes and 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 whatever. And as a spotting device to be able to discover game, I think it's amazing. Oh, yeah, like picture yourselves in deer country in 
sort of thicker vegetation where by eye you couldn't really see anything. But just a quick scan could show you where they're either better down or moving through that you would never see without them. Yeah, definitely. So that would give you whether – I'm not sure all their states that make it legal to shoot with thermal. I don't – I think that might be a grey area, man, because you're not allowed any spotlighting device, but I don't know about thermal. I have heard of guys using thermal to spot deer during the day. But regardless, that's up to you to work out before you use it. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, that, that would become quite handy, especially for us where we've got a lot of tea tree sort of – and they hide so well in there, but it's only small patches of tea tree. Just to have the thermal to be able to quickly scan it and you know for sure that they're not there or they're over the rise. So that would be gold. I have a question for you. Do you think it would take over the good old candle? I think, I think that – as you said, when we're out there shooting, oh, yes, I'd use a thermal, but I'd also fall back to that light just to scan as well. I'm not sure why that was. I think the biggest constraint I found with the thermal was it was sort of narrow viewed, so you can't really see a whole Yeah, you used to have an area. field of vision, which yeah. is, you know. It'd be nice if they had like a, not a fish eye, but similar, where you're not really looking to get a close look at it, but you're just looking to scan a large area and find your sort of points that you want to look at and then go in with a a sight or a spotlight from there, especially if you're doing fox or rabbit hunting at night. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ben sent us his stuff and he's made a, a jerry-rigged frame-up to sit on his ute with the monocular and then puts it through a feed on his his tablet or whatever and uses that. And to be honest... I reckon it's his head unit on his car. Or the head yeah. unit. Whichever to me, way. To me, that would be... Uh, that would make the spotlight mute. I mean, you could just run your, your normal lights on your car, drive around and just... Or a joystick yeah, you'd or still need to. Boy, if you had a thermal scope as well, then yeah. But if you didn't have a thermal scope... There is yeah. a slight yeah. delay, though. That's the other thing. There's a slight delay. Yeah, it's not quite smooth when you're scanning it, but obviously oh, yeah, the more the that, higher yeah. models you get, you know, you'd mm. think that'd iron out those those kinks. Mm. Uh, definitely when scanning, I think there's there's a certainly a place place for these, and I was astounded by how much we'd miss by the candle. And you're right, we still resorted back Can to you the stop candle. Calling out the candle, nah. <laughs> We still uh, resorted back to the candle. People but are going to think we're actually holding a, a candle. candle. I'm trying to look. Man. Well, no, you, no wonder you fucking found anything. <laughs> Jesus, get with the fucking lingo. We still resorted back to the candle, it's but cool I do, a fucking I do spotlight. It's wonder a spotlight. how much that's just habit. Because no, we were seeing yeah, way I said more. That, yeah. Oh, look, it's we, familiar. It's 20 years yeah. of us. What you used to? You, yeah, what we used to, and this is the first time we've headed out with something else, and you, you, you don't trust it yet. You want to double check what you're looking at. Mm. So I think it's a tool that once you get used to it, you can then trust what you're seeing. Yeah. I found with the scope, well, no, with the monocular, what I was seeing under the candle, my depth perception and what I thought the distance the game was at was very different between spotlight and looking through the monocular. Yeah, yeah. I found it was very different. But even like, then through the candle, light depth perception still a bit whack. I mean – It's whack because it's I nighttime remember, and all sorts. But I remember hunting with Ryan – 
and he reckons a roo was at like 350 metres away. And I'm like, I remember because I was driving, sounds I'm like, shoots it. okay, yeah. I'm going to clock this on the O-Day. And we drove up and it just like clicked over to like one. I'm like, well, it's 100 metres. No, no, yeah, I'm surprised, surprised you hit it. <laughs> Ryan's also blind. Well, that's yeah, something that astounds me. The actually. one thing about the monocular I liked as well was when we're on the hill there, just scanning the other face of the hill. So we what we saw a couple of roos, a hare, and I think in total three foxes. The fact that with the binocular you can look at the hare, and you look at it long enough, and it gives you the right angle, and you can see it's a hare. Yeah, the roos you can you sort of you can pick. What shape. animal they are with the monocular, with the thermal sight, I, yeah, it wasn't really possible, I don't think, to really sort of identify it. Hey, sorry, say that last bit. To again. identify the, just say a hair yeah. in what it is. With the monocular you could at 180, 200 metres. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the sight, no chance. Yeah. But that's one thing that I struggle with. That's quality. With that hair. Yeah. That it's hair. a high quality display on the monocular. I don't know if you, you remember, but that hair was standing up and then sort of bending over and it sort of looked like the arching back of a roux. And because you've lost the depth perception and yeah. you're just starting to use this thing, you're like, well, you, you don't sort of recognise how big something is and how small something is in comparison to normality yet. And this hair looked like a roux. I'm like, it's a fucking kangaroo. And then about three minutes after everyone's looking at it, you're like, it's a hare. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And then obviously you, you watch it a bit longer and the, the characteristics sort of helps you identify it, the mm. way it's moving. That was a good thing with foxes is the way they were moving sort of helped you go, okay, yeah, the chances are that's a fox. With the scope. It was still quite hard to just confirm it. Yeah. I guess yeah. one thing, like, it really sort of only gave you a, kind of a 2D image. Mm. It wasn't sort of, I guess, well, under, it's a monocular, under a, a candle, as Josh would say, is a 3D image so you can get your distance, shape and all that. Mm. I think you're going to be wrecked there anyway unless you have a, uh, like, two, yeah. like a bino. Yeah, it's the same with our night vision yeah. in the army. You're going to lose it's depth just, yeah. perception. Like, yeah, with anything that you do in that, that sort of instance. Mm. But, look, it was interesting. I'm, I'm keen to, to keep giving them a, a crack and see how they go and try and to get more comfortable and more used to them. They yeah. are hella user-friendly. Yeah. I'm like a tard when it comes to tech, and it was they were, they were pretty easy, yeah. very easy actually. Yeah, for someone that can't set up an email, I'm surprised that you could zero that. To be honest, oh guns! Man. That's a kudos to sites. Kudos to the site because they must do something <laughs> right and sort yeah, of right. walk you through it. Let's put this at the basic fucking Cletus level. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but I do believe both of you missed the front focal on one of the. No, no sorry, so. yeah, no, oh, we look. we both did, but I can say for myself that I found it by myself. So I didn't miss it. I just took a little longer to get it. No one was around when you were playing with it. Mate, so, I knew straight away there'd, yeah, be, sure, sure, there'd yeah. be a front focal. Yeah, you watched the full instructional video beforehand. 
But anyway, yeah, it was a bit of fun. It was good to try something jelly. different. I, I as well look forward to using it again, getting more used to it, getting used to what you're looking at on a screen versus what's going on in reality. Yeah, which I think is the biggest thing to get used to. It's it does feel weird looking at something you're potentially about to shoot on a screen versus how we're used to doing it in real time in front of you, either with a spotlight or just looking at it. Or yeah, looking at it through a scope. I also found it weird to get used to seeing something magnified in a in a rectangular picture yeah. rather than a circular <laughs> picture was, through a scope. I think yeah. I was saying that to Josh or both of you might have been out there. Was I think we would have been more comfortable seeing a round screen, not square, just because yeah we're that used to seeing a circle picture. So yep. if they had just or some way to sort of show the menu just in the centre of that circle and just round – you don't have to have to change the actual screen. Just round off like a – I don't know, a, just to block it so you just change it to a circle. Then I think we would sort of feel a lot more comfortable looking through it. We probably would, but then you're just going to limit the field of – like we're yeah, already whinging are. about the field of view. On yeah, the just, just narrow that down just, a bit Just further. narrow it even more. Yeah, just take, You don't need the corners. Just cut the corners <laughs> One thing that we haven't spoken about is obviously you get like white hot, black hot, color hot, multiple options to to scroll through between the the temperature spectrum to help you identify things. You just brought that to mind when you were talking about the screen. Yeah, what's like, your what's your favorite? What would you go to for any situation? Look, modes. I did I did a fair yeah. It's not temperature bit. It's spectrum. It's got but it's a, temperature. It's, it's just a picture modes. Display yeah, modes. Display mode. I'll fucking just put it in the words that came to mind. All right, mate. But they're wrong. <sighs> okay. Well, I think you're a dickhead because that word just came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your favourite? Is there? Have you got a go to or? Do you like the colour or the black and white or the white and black or? Look, I found that I'd in certain sort of. Vegetational states. I'd scroll through. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's in a vegetative state. <laughs> vegetative in state. Certain <laughs> sort of vegetation. I would go. scroll through <laughs> the different uh, images to help identify things. Yeah, and even when I when you picked it up, I still. Went through all the different menus and images. Um, I found, yeah, like depending on the situation and what you're looking through, I found that white hot was better than black hot, but then there was a lot of times it was reversed. I did go to the colour a few times and sort of didn't mind that, but I found myself going back to the white or black hot. Yeah. Just and a better yeah. contrast. and During the day it's different to what worked better at night as well. Yeah. So being able to switch is ideal. Yeah, it is, definitely. I think things look cooler. In the colour, like the orangey red hot. I think it's orangey purples through it. The spectrum of colours? No, no, it's not it. No, okay. No, it's the veg- vegetation. But, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think white and black is probably where it is for me. Caleb? Yeah. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't really. Yeah, it's not, a, not no, an option, I d- bro. I, didn't, I don't think I had a preference, really. No? No. Did you find you not just not can, the, just not the color? Like, did you know which which button to press? Yes, I did know. Did you and I cycled through them all? <laughs> did you so go back I, to sort of the one or two consistently though? Yeah, probably. Which was the whatever it was where the the animal was showing up like white, white, white hot. White hot yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I found that easier than the whatever's hot showing up in black. Yeah. Black hot. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, speaking of funny. Black, black hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? Well, speaking of things funny showing up, when I was playing with the monocular at home, so I was set up right down the end of my hallway and I was looking at the window at the oh, yeah. other end of the house and then my missus was in the kitchen, which is nowhere I could see. So looking down the hallway just with the naked eye, I could not see her reflection in the window at the end of the house, reflecting back into this window. But when I looked at the window through the monocular, I could see her outline on the window. That was a neighbour's kid, bro. Yes, it's a neighbour's It freaked me out because I was like, I can't see a reflection. Then I looked at the monocular and I could see her outline in the window. Could you see outside the window? Because it was nighttime. Just, so, oh, no, it doesn't go through the window anyway. So it Here's a crazy work. tangent for you, just oh, quickly. Something else I learned just while we're on windows. Just no tangents. Don't bother you. looking no. through the windscreen. Don't bother looking through the windscreen with a monocular. Or a thermal <laughs> it's not gonna it How long does it take work. you to work that one out when you're trying to look through it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> I was like, about. okay, it doesn't work. <laughs> Here's a tangent for you. All right. So you've got. All these paranormal activity crews or, you know, paranormal fucking ghost chases and shit that'll go into like a haunted house or whatever with thermal night vision and this and that. Just came to mind that they might pick up like a shadow or something in the distance. What's the possibility it's a reflection in a glass window or something like that that the thermal's picked up and it's them, but they're getting all freaked out because they're like, oh, something's there, but they're actually just looking at themselves or a cameraman in a reflection. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just putting it down to like a ghost. Or people like you would put it down as a reflection of someone else, but it was actually a ghost and that's how he justified it was his missus. Did you you kill your missus? He didn't say his missus was a ghost. Just saying that it was the last girlfriend. It was definitely her her reflection (laughs) because it was where – the the way it was reflecting the angles was exactly where she was standing in the kitchen, but – yeah, yeah. Sure it wasn't Pennywise? <sighs> Just sitting outside, cock in hand. Cock in hand? <laughs> well, yeah. if it was outside, no, you can't see him outside. It's through the glass. <laughs> we just went through this, man. Uh, anyway. okay. But, yeah, it's a bit of fun. So we are very much new to this. We're enjoying going on this journey of learning and discovery. <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned for some content we'll be putting out on our adventures with this gear. It's been good fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Make most of it while we've got them. Zip. And watch some epic fails on these videos too. No, I'm going to cut that one out. There's a, well, you might, but I'll leave them in and post them. Oh, well, this is this is a real user experience that we're having because we've never used them before, so we're using them for the first time and sharing that experience. I think he's people. talking about with his rifle. <laughs> 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 Actually, kudos to Warwick. I'm going to just put it out there. I love that thing. That thing is sick. Could hold right? a magazine better. I think it's the I think it's the style of mag actually. I it, I think it might be a P mag, and I I don't know if it clips in. Right yeah, I think or, it might have been in and out a few times. That yeah. the uh, little clip might just be worn down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Worn. yeah. But we'll get some new mags and and see how it goes. Steel but mag. It was pretty. I thought it was pretty good. I no, was, was almost good. convinced that you were going to change from your little Trail Six Hundred to a Warwick at one stage because it looked like you enjoyed shooting. He, it. he fired like how many? 
Didn't fight that much. Well, you fought heaps. Here, I yeah. fought heaps when it was still pump, but only one when you've. I'm not sure if I like the charging handle over the pump. To be honest, that was my next question. Which one do you like better? I think I like the pump just because you're naturally holding the forearm anyway. Your hands on the, I guess you, I would want to call it the charging handle, but it's not. But it's the pump to sort of charge the rifle. Where if you're holding the forearm and have to lift your hand up to charge the rifle, it's sort of I feel like you get a quicker reload and break your hold a lot less. Definitely, but with it the, makes the rifle front heavy, I think, with the pump kit on it. Oh, with those arms out, I wouldn't think you'd fucking care. Yeah. It's just a, what, 200 grams of plastic? No, it, well, no, it's aluminum, and I think there's some Teflon slides that it sits on. Um, But but that's my favourite. Like, I, without sort of extensively trying both, then it makes it hard, but that's yeah, it makes sense to me. I need mm-hmm. more of a go with the uh, straight yeah. pull because I had one that, shot huh? and – well, actually I had two shots. Well, no, I had one shot, two goes at it because the first time I rode the handle home, I didn't just pull it back and let go. I yeah. I actually didn't ride it that much. You drove I it just forward sort of like a bolt. let it forward a little bit and then let go and that stuffed it up. Yeah, you got to just treat that thing like a dirty woman, mate. I'm surprised you were that stingy with the ammo. It's you wouldn't let it shoot anymore. <laughs> no. Wait a sec. <laughs> Before we even got out there, you're like, no, no, don't even bring the target, this and that. And I'm like, well, what are we going to film? Us playing with our dicks? Oh, we could. Oh, so, no. And then it was like, all right, well, we obviously want to get some hunting in, so do we want to just... But last time we hunted there, there, we shot like... We did. I think I shot like 30 or 40 or 2 to 3 just at a target an hour or two before we went hunting. Well, we did. Yeah, that's that's so. True. There, we could have. I mean, you could have had more, but no. Nah, you said I've got yeah. three rounds in here, one each. I'm like, all right, I'll have one round, one shot. Thanks, man. Sorry, that's fifty five cents. Thanks, mate. Fifty five cents. It's cheap. Oh, buck for you then. What are you buying ammo? Fifty five cents for two to three. I think it was seventy bucks for fifty. Yeah, the hell's out to fucking fifty five cents. Oh, dollar whatever. It's a dollar twenty-five. I was giving you mates rates, but now you can be, you can get stuffed and five bucks. Dollar fifty. I don't know. Next beer at the pub's on you. For both of us. Are you two done? No. Am I? Fucking us hell. two done. You two were at the start. I just sat back and watched. What were we arguing about? I don't remember I don't us know. arguing. No, nah, I think it was before. Before the podcast, yeah. Mate. Before the Doesn't podcast, count. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't care. And every other fucking. Episode. I can't even remember what we were arguing about before the podcast. Nah, I won't remember. Were this. we arguing? I, we obviously weren't. No, I don't think we were. Forgive and forget. But I like <laughs> I like the warrior. No, nah, it's good overall. It's yes, a nice. Josh, I will validate you in your decision. Well done. <laughs> That's all right because I've got another two rifles that'll be coming soon, and you can try them, and then. You know, frost some nuggets and then bitch about it and say, oh, I would never buy it, but secretly you like it and enjoy it. I didn't say I didn't like the Warwick. <laughs> I like the Warwick. <laughs> but I've chosen to go down this a path for another rifle that cost half as much. It's just dildo number two, that's all. Well, okay, yes, it's <laughs> – I was going to say short then, but no. <laughs> 
No. It's a, it's a neat package. It is. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to think everything that I'm going to say right now, you're just going to take it in a sexual context. Could, so. oh, pretty much. Can you imagine approaching someone with that? But you let up like to it's it not as big, well. it's not small, it's a neat package. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that lets a person know that it's satisfying, but it's not obtuse. No, just tells them it's neat. It's satisfying. Neat. Satisfying. No. Because all neat things are satisfying. No, I don't think Having so. Having a neat room is satisfying. I don't neat think so. cars satisfying. I don't think it's satisfying. You can have a, you can have a neat <laughs> medical surgery. I don't think that's satisfying. I think that's just clean and sanitary. <laughs> Neat, you guys done? Neat. Jeez. Oh, fuck off. Neat, neat does not equal satisfying. <laughs> See what I mean? It does. It's, it's, it, it's like it's like a, a nice, easy way to go. Look, you're gonna you know you're gonna be pleased with it. Are you gonna be ecstatic over it? But no. Are you gonna be disappointed? No. It's in between. This is tending more into the mediocre category. It's neat. It's okay. It's just enough. Well, the other options was it's a small package, <laughs> so. That was going to be taken like every other way from fucking Sunday. Yeah, you'd be used to a small package, wouldn't you? Yeah, here we go. Exactly. This is why I didn't go down that route. <laughs> you are a small package. Look at you. You're tiny. They say good, good things, things come, come in small, small packages, yeah. but then I met you. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks you're forward. <laughs> you pay me? <laughs> Fuck. Don't anyone ever call me a good thing. Well, I'm certainly not going to call you neat because you're definitely not in a small package. I'm not coming in that small package. <laughs> you like big packages, Even do Even if you? he wanted me to. Uh, do you like big packages, do you? Nice wide open spaces. Doesn't hit the sides. Oh, does big mean not tight? Doesn't mean that. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? You said you like to come in big things. You said he said you said you said good everything. things come in small packages, and I said don't anyone ever call me a good thing because that would mean that I come in a small package and I called you a small package before. So you don't like That's coming in small packages. So you're saying your missus is large. Not when down in that area. Don't say that. And no. Well, that's what you're saying. That's I'm literally not, what you're tending you're to. You're taking mate. it out of context. No, 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 we're no. Just, no, I'm just not. just labelled you a small package. No, you don't like to come in small things. So you don't like tight little holes. You like nice, wide, open holes. Well, this is a perfect example for Cody to make a meme about <laughs> just chuck over Josh's face, Australian media. I don't and they know just twist to everything to the, the way they want. No, no, this is literally what you just said. You don't like no, coming in, no, yeah. in small things, in tight things. But he didn't cool. say – he said small. He didn't say tight. Small You've then would obviously – if he's got a large thing, it's obviously going to mean it's tight. Clearly he doesn't like tight that's, things. That's a compliment. Take, I don't take, know. Take this is, again, this is you just changing the goalposts on an argument to suit yourself. He doesn't no. all the time. No, not at all. We just finished calling you a small package. No. I do not wish to come in. No, Josh this found is it quite saying. offensive that you're not going to. Okay. <laughs> That's what he's getting all worked up about. He was disappointed and he's hurt. I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying you out. like to throw a fucking sausage through down the hallway, mate. That's what I'm saying, is what you're saying with your statement. No. Well, have you Definitely ever thrown a sausage down the hallway? It's kind of fun. Threw a tennis ball down the hallway actually this morning to a dog. That he didn't catch, just hit him in the head, and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got hella excited. I, got, I bought three tennis balls the other week to put in the drawer with my down clothes when I washed them. Your down clothes? So, Your downy clothes? 
with down jackets. I didn't know when you, you wash them, sorry, Josh. You got to break up the down, so you chuck some tennis balls in the dryer with them. Chuck some tennis balls in, and I help break like it up. No heat, or, or like a warm, not a hot cycle, and the tennis balls break up the down in the jacket, so you don't get clumps. Jesus, you used to have a lot to learn. Cool story, bro. Where are you going with this? Telling a laundry story well, right I got, now. Well, I got three tennis balls. Okay. And you just learned something. So this should actually be titillating. No, no, it's not. You've told me this story. I found each time you tell me something, I Google it afterwards. I'm Google it. Always needs to be fact-checked. does. I'll do everything out of both of your mouths as well. That's one. What? Everyone does it these days. You do everything out of both of my mouths. (laughs) Fact-check. Thank you. (laughs) I can twist Uh, your words. That's funny. Everyone does it these days. Does what? Fact checks each other. For sure. Makes you, it pretty boring to talk to everyone, but. No, you just find out where the truth is and where it's not. Unless you trust someone. It's 2022. <laughs> the truth is what you want it to be. <laughs> That's true. Ouch. All right. I don't know where we've been going for the last six minutes, but. Somewhere. How about you? Tennis balls. How about you? Some de- deleting. How about you uh, get us back on track? All right, let's get into this week's topic because you just heard us crap on for an hour and a half. And this week's topic is in the dead of the night. <laughs> Sounds ominous. <laughs> All right, well, I'm first. We'll, we'll pile through these quickly. Simple story for me, in the, dead of the, in the dead of night. So I was out camping just with the doll. Sorry, man. Well, that's respectful. Ah, I don't trust you, say. So. Well, you can go fact check this story then after I've told it. Oh, I will. Crocky. Continue. Anyway, a random story that happened to me out camping. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, man. Is that funny? Why is oh, it funny? You're just funny. I'm tempted to press the mute button on you right now. <laughs> That's all right. Moving on. Continue. Humongous. Story happened. I was camping with the Dahl, just the two of us. Normal setup, awning, swag, simple setup. So I'm asleep. It's the dead of the night. It's middle of the night. And I was awoken by a strange sound, which I couldn't tell what the fuck this sound was. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Funnily enough, that was very close to what the sound was. Would you like to make that sound again in the microphone? No, you can. Is it eating? A lot of rustling. Well, it sounded like eating. Exactly. So I've gone, what the fuck is that? And I've sort of nudged the missus. I'm like, can you hear that? And there was just a rustling and a sound. Like, what is going on in this campsite? So I'm like, surely, surely, like, what is this? So I sort of called out. I'm like, oi, because I thought maybe it was someone was there, like, fucking around the campsite. No response. The sound kept going. So I've unzipped the swag. Looked out, couldn't see anything, grabbed the torch, looked out, and two metres from the swag, there was a kangaroo. And the kangaroo had grabbed a bag of apples from, I can't remember if I left them on the esky or on the table. Either way, it grabbed a bag of apples, opened them, and was just sitting there with an apple between its paws, mung on an apple. Nice. Bold as anything. I'm like... I mean, where we were camping was dickheads feed 
the ruse. Obviously apples. Well, just food in general. So they're obviously used to humans and going into campsites, but this thing was just done a midnight raid on my campsite and was eating apples. So, yeah, I shoot it away, but that was probably one of the most random things I've woken up to in a campsite. You would have been pissed not having any apples left, mate. Did he take the apple with him? Well, when I did scare him off, he just dropped it. Which So then I just chucked that in the bush, but... For him to come back and eat it. I just couldn't believe this roux was just in the middle of camp, just eating apples. It's chilling. It's one of the most random things I've been woken up to in the dead of night. <laughs> there you go. Simple story. I said it would be short and sweet. Yeah, that's random. Shit, that was quick too. That was. Look at that. Quick lock is sex life. Oh, now let's go, yeah. Josh. Josh, you can't just use my jokes on me. Do you, did you like, what's the word? Painting it. Painting it. I mean, I feel like it was applicable to you, so I used it. Now you've just got, oh, <laughs> to me. Be original. Be better. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, I'm done. This is speed round, topic breakdown. Done. Fuck. Go, Josh. Your turn. Tell us a tale. Jesus. All right, a tale. <clears throat> His story's taken quicker than you've been to start it. Fuck that up, but. I have no idea what you I told said. my story quicker than <laughs> exactly. it's taking you to start yours. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, give me a second. Jesus, I'm just trying to fucking get. Do you want to go through mine first? No, no. Considering your second. The cogs are turning. No, nah, I've got it. So, go. Second gear, engage. Always. Second. And I don't know if I've told this story. I hope I haven't, but. It's top gear. I was on an exercise once on high range in Queensland. Anyway, we'd basically, in this exercise, we pretty much, we were mounted and in our carriers. So, and for some reason, the powers to be moved us to this swamp, like pretty much straight from the start. We just cruised around, did a couple of live fire attacks, and then they pretty much moved us uh, to this swamp for the start of the main exercise, which was exercise Talisman Sabre. And um, hopefully that wasn't classified. No, no, not at all. It happens, <laughs> happens every year or every second year or something. I don't know. Anyway, we get moved out into this swamp. We spent the best part of three weeks in this swamp and literally the carriers had pulled up in like a foot of water uh, and we were in a harbour in like a foot of water in this swamp, mozzies everywhere. Anyway, we put our camo nets up and we're just doing our daily routine in and out day after day. This happened for, for a couple of weeks and uh, we started to run out of rations and things and for some reason we'd obviously put in a uh, operation demand uh, for stores and food and water and things and they weren't, they were, for some reason they weren't giving it to us. I don't know why but we just had nothing come in and we, we weren't going out to get it. I don't know what was going on. I think what in the larger chess game of things they were holding us in reserve for a final fight in the game uh, or in the exercise and that's fine whatever cool so we'd basically felt like we'd been forgotten about Uh, anyway one night same routine doing our fucking pickets and orders and we go off to go to bed from our orders anyway my boss pulled me and my seco up and he goes oh look we're all running out of food and we need batteries for the radio, right? And I'm like, okay. Anyway, so we, so he's like, look, I need you to to go 
and get some. And we were like, well, where the fuck are we going to get some? We'd, we got no idea. And he also wanted porn, but that's just like any reading material <laughs> that he could get his hands on. Uh, and we were like, well, where are we going to go? And he's like, okay, well, uh, there's like a mock village uh, made of, oh, what are they called? Shipping containers in high range, right, where they do their urban warfare training. And the enemy or our enemy was set up in, in this um, in this town. And he's like, oh, just go down there and see if you can, like, just go pillage and see what you can get. We were like, okay, cool. So at this stage, orders finished at about, I think, about 10 o'clock at night. And Tins is like, all right, grab your pack, empty out, just take water and rifle. And we're like, okay, cool. So, you know, undoing my pack, taking out what I don't need so I can obviously put stores in to bring back. Grab my rifle. Anyway, by the time we set off, it was probably about 1 o'clock at night and we had a 15K hike into this town to go get some stores. Anyway, along the route, it's, it's a fucking calm night. It's actually a really pleasant night. You know those nights that you go out and it's just dark, calm, and sort of almost mis- mysterious. So we're about six k's in, and it was dead calm, middle of the night, or well, past middle of the night. We we're pretty like pissed anyway because we had to go for a walk, as you would be at that time of night, just to try and go pilfer some stores. Anyway, I'm walking behind tins. And I remember I was just about to take my night vision off my head because I was like, the moon was out and you can see like plenty of ambient light. So I was like, oh, I'll get it off because with your night vision in the army, like we didn't have helmets at this stage. We just had, there's like a face frame that sort of sits on your face. and Most uncomfortable thing ever. It is. And with the night vision and it sort of like puts all this pressure on your cheeks and your forehead and you start to get a bit of a headache. So I was at that that point or that stage and I was like, nah, screw this, I'm going to take it off. Just before I did that, I've watched Tins in front of me and he would have been, well, five metres, not even, and he's just disappeared, just couldn't see him anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? And I've just heard this moan and I've stopped and I've looked down. I was at the edge of this, um, uh, what's it called? Mine shaft, right? I was on the edge of this mine shaft and I've looked down and Tins is at the bottom of this mine shaft and his legs all fucked up, like all fucked up, moaning. (laughs) And I'm like, I've just sort of like lost my shit, laughing. And like, we're supposed to be pretty quiet uh, because we were in quotation marks, enemy territory. And I'm like, (laughs) fuck, I've lost my shit, started laughing. About. I don't know, a minute after this, like, you know, all the shits and giggles has got out of the system, I've like realised, fuck, we've got to get him out of this hole now. <laughs> How deep are we talking? Oh, it was a couple of metres, man. I was pretty surprised he didn't break anything, to be perfectly honest. And when he got up, How's like, when we got him up, up we got him up with a, what are those ropes called that we used to have to carry? Oh, those green uh, ones. Yeah. yeah well, what's a, it called? Just a fucking rope. He ended up throwing his up to me. I've got mine, joined them together, put it down and sort of just like lifted him up somehow. How was his leg fucked up there? Was, sorry, his foot was fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he twisted his ankle actually. And this would have been by this stage 6Ks at night, probably about 2.33-ish in the morning. We got him up and to his 
testament, he we ended up walking off, well, walking up to this village, and we, we've gone in. We've pretty much pilfered potatoes, radio batteries, and porn without anybody knowing. Potatoes. That was your one. Potatoes mean food. What else? Literally, what else is there? They had they had full caterers in this village, like uh, chefs and, and all they're cooking the potatoes. No, but what, what we're going to bring back hunks of steak that don't last fucking two fists of fuck all. Yeah, but you can eat it and enjoy it, <laughs> and then bring potatoes with you. That's kind of Jack. Would you do? Here's what he means, Jack. That's that's being Jack. Going in, you're going stealing someone else's food for your benefit. If you're that's eating that shit and not bringing it back, that's Jack. Because you're going to get back to camp and be like, "Yeah, I had a fucking steak." No, down. you're not going to eat it there, and you're going to take it back. Nah, it was literally just pick what we fucking. Well, I remember walking in, and it was like a tent, and they had the, like the Bay Marie's and this and that, and it was like potatoes were there. So I was like, "There's a plastic bag with a potato, with like full of potatoes." I'm like, "Yeah, sick potatoes would be cool. Chips, cool." So, yeah. so I did. We picked people's porn off of their they, – they had, like, the little stretches and stuff and, like, guys would have their porn mags sitting next – like, the, underneath their stretches or whatever. And you just go through and we picked up a whole heap of porn and put it in the back for the lads. Yeah. yeah. Look, at this point, if you've had the time to go through and handpick pornos – Where were people sleeping? I feel like you could have gone There were people more. sleeping in there, man. But have you yeah. ever done that thing where you just act normal? Like you're supposed to be there. No one – that's literally what we did. We got up to this – like the edge of this town. We're like, how, how are we going to do this? And I'm like, right, right, let's cache everything. Like cache the pack, cache fucking our rifles and just go like plain clothes in, in, into this town. So we've done that, plain clothes and just walked in, just like as if we're supposed to be there. You know, you've got your brown yeah, shirt on yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah, just strolled in, man. And just fucking walked around like we're so supposed th- to be there. Uh, therefore, I'll be getting some good food. Exactly. We had to carry stuff back as well. We got we yeah, had radio and you potatoes. If you come back to the camp and I sent you off to get food, you come back with potatoes, I'd be like, why the fuck didn't I get If you've had time to get a selection of porn, then I would have expected more than potatoes. Yeah. Okay, what would you have gotten? Onions? I don't know. What choice did I have? I didn't really stick around too long. But to you find walked it, around mate. through the dorms or the fucking sleeping quarters and picked out their porn, yeah. probably from underneath their sleeping, like they'd sleep on down, it. Read the article. It stuck to oh, them. Yeah, this so you good. just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's what we got. But then you got you're walking around as if you are supposed to be there, so you're not in a rush. You're just cruising. Oh look, you go into the kitchen. You're like we you, in a you rush. Me up but a it, meal? it was fucking late in the morning, man. And all I wanted to do was get back and go to bed. Didn't have to be picking that. I need potatoes like. next week. But, well, is that better than ra- – would you – okay, I'll give you a ration packs or potatoes. What are you going to choose? Ration packs. You're fucked. I actually didn't mind them. You're fucked. What are they, dehydes? No. Nah. Oh, fuck yeah, dehydes are awesome. Dehydes, yeah. Dehydes are – yeah, but uh, what else is there? Dehydes are like any like backcountry. Your tuna mornay dehydes were like That's better the than bomb. Potatoes. Yeah, they were great. They but were, these You rarely saw them. We didn't. We had the five manners because we were obviously mounted. Yeah, the five manners. So you get like rice and chicken satay. You always get like just vegetarian. Vegetarian is like yeah, that's the one they just throw out. I don't know why they make so much of it. Yeah, it's stupid, man. I don't. I don't get it. But well, we got potatoes. Potatoes would be good for a little bit, but then so, <laughs> oh, we got. They're gonna keep. You probably didn't get good. oil. 
Nah. No, you just got <laughs> just potatoes. What are you going to have? Just potatoes. And then you have tin foil. So you couldn't have just like your potato on the fire. Hey, mate, you couldn't have a didn't, fire. Didn't really think that far ahead. You couldn't man. have a fire either. You had yeah, a fucking potato on gas your. Gas stove. Now, what are your. your fucking. What Hexi, are they called? Hexi. Fires. Yeah. Chemical fire. You remember the old. What? Hexamorn fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. stove. It I know, looks like I you feel like you're going to get cancer just looking at it burning. Yeah. Here's one for you. Fuck it. I want to find out the the name of, because you remember hexamines like hexamine ditrethyl yeah. fucking something. I want to see if you can read it, actually. If you can pronounce this better, what, properly. I probably, I'll give it a go. So anyway, is that the, is that the conclusion of your story? Porno, potatoes and a broken ankle. No, Fell down a shaft while it was dark. Busted ankle. <laughs> that was the uh, title of your sex tape. That was the meaning of in the dead of the night, was it? Yep. The man nearly died in the night. Well, he did almost. Well, he could have. <laughs> so I, said, I said nearly died. <laughs> well, he did almost. Well, he could have. It's very <laughs> okay. different. That's easy. That's hexamethylene tetramine. Hexamethylene tetraline. Hexa. Yeah. <laughs> Methylene tetramine. That's easy. You said it three different ways. Yeah, you did. Hexamethylene. I'm just proofreading it. Is it easy? Hexamethylene tetramine. Is it easy? Yes. Once you break it down. Yeah. I think looking at the word, I just like, you yeah, know. Nah. Hexameth. Hexameth. That's the little tabs that you used to light on for and they'd cook you, cook you on your little kidney cup. Yep. It's definitely yeah, hexamethylene tetramine, also known as methenamine. Hexamine or eurotropin is a heterocyclic organic compound with the formula CH26N4. Cool. All right. Done. Let's move it on. All right. So my breakdown for In the Dead of the Night. In the Dead of the Night, looked up the meaning. In the Dead of the Night or in the Middle of the Night. So I wanted to take this hunting. So In the Middle of the Night without thermals, you're pretty much hunting blind. <laughs> what? Don't look at me. I'm just looking at you. Don't do this for him as well. <laughs> You're a fucking Sorry, grommet. Right. He's talking, stumbling over his notes. I look over at you. You're fucking double dragging it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not stumbling over my notes. Uh, How was I stumbling over my notes? You uh, think you weren't. You, you think you weren't, but you're obviously. That's just weren't. my normal talking. All right, we'll stumble further. All right, in the dead of the night, <laughs> it's broken down, <laughs> is in the middle of the night, yeah. therefore hunting blind. So I thought that was sort of a decent topic. To go <laughs> How with. did you get there? Wait a wow. second. Go back. Whoa. What a progression. In the middle of the night, yeah, hunting, yeah. and if you're out th- without thermals, you're hunting blind because you can't see. I thought dark. you meant hunting from a blind. No. Sorry. Go on. Fuck. So you're hunting blind. Hunting blind. Assuming there's no moon. All right, so hunting blind. So I gave that a quick Google and had a look. So there's a – Is there a blind hunter? Where are you going with Let this? me get into my story. Okay. Uh, Fuck, Fuck. Hey, mate. Sorry. Can hey. we mute him? Can we press one? Let's press the red button on the one. Keep going. Jesus. So, yeah, there's a, um, a foundation or organisation that's called the Lighthouse for the Blind, which they – Sort of, <laughs> give, Caleb, I'm, I'm going to talk through it. So I'm gonna, they give the blind sort of a, a bit more purpose and sort of something to do, whether it's making things or I forget what the guy actually did, but his name was Richard Alexander. So this is with Keith Warren back in 2014. 
So Richard Alexander is blind, has been blind since birth. Richard was using a laser pointer on a bow, a crossbow, to be able to walk him onto a target and he would just be behind him and walking him onto like, you know, little little low, little lower, little further right and walk him into the centre of the target. So he could obviously see something. Nope. He couldn't see. But Keith Warren could see. Yeah, I get it. So he, instead of so him Keith Warren talked guy, him onto the target. Yeah, talked him on. Yeah, with a laser sight. Ah, I get you. I get you. I thought he was pointing a laser at where he needed to fire. <laughs> and the blind man <laughs> was <laughs> trying to put the crosshairs <laughs> on the laser. No, but <laughs> you can be legally blind and still see some. Yeah, like it, you can still right. see shit. So even this, if you're legally blind, this guy he has no vision at all. No, couldn't see completely. Just black. So this guy didn't even know what he's shooting at. Okay, thank you. Well, that makes sense <laughs> to me. So, I, did, I, said, so Keith, I said Richard Alexander is blind. Yeah, but that, what do you not get from that? You, like I said, you can be so blind he was and drunk. still actually be able to see shapes and block figures. All right, and so stuff. he was he was blind. He couldn't see. Right. So and he'd never never hunted before. So okay, all right. So he can Happy. only see just anything else. The back of his eyelids. That's it. Well, he had his eyes open, so no. <laughs> um, All right, well, assume you can't see anything. Don't assume. I'm just – it is. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Keith Warren sort of used a laser pointer so Keith could see where he was aiming so he could talk him down and onto the target. So he, he did this for a bit and you can see, just see the joy in just being able to pull the trigger and Keith would obviously explain where he's hit and just the joy that it brought him as – to just be able to do something he thought he never could do. Yeah, I get you. And with, with a bit of a hand, Keith took him out pig hunting. The first night, it turns out that the laser pointer scared the pigs and the pigs didn't like it at all. So they pretty much sort of scattered and he didn't really get a shot. And on the morning after, there was a piglet, sort of a decent pig. It wasn't tiny, but tended to dart around a bit but he ended up getting a shot and got a broadside shot with a crossbow, killed the piglet. With a laser on it? With a laser-pointed crossbow, yes. Okay. So Keith Warren was talking him onto it. So he wasn't rifle hunting? No, he was with the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Right. So my initial thoughts was he's mounted some sort of laser on the scope, zeroed it to the rifle. Sorry, you didn't no, say that at the start. I did say crossbow at the start. Oh, I didn't hear Caleb. It. Rewind this and then you sh- I mean, I will when I edit it, but yeah. I, I mean, at the start, I thought Keith Warren was the one pointing a laser. <laughs> so <sighs> I get, I get what exactly what it's took going. me, but yeah, took me almost as long to get on target. <laughs> <laughs> well, this gives you a fuck around at the start, but yeah, so this, this guy ended up coming away with a killing a pig, not being able to see anything, and just how much I sort of look like that he changed his life. And he said that he would definitely do it again. Obviously, if someone else was there with him. So just walking down the main street with the crossbow. I mean, that's probably the impairment that is the hardest to go hunting without to overcome. Yeah, yeah. like if, no, you're, for deaf, sure. if, if you're, you're deaf or you can't smell, yeah, whatever. But got no hands, are blind. Hard. Well, no, there's a guy no. on Instagram that shoots long-range rifle with his feet. His feet. Really? He doesn't yeah. have any arms. There's plenty of people well, he has that legs. can shoot a bow with their feet. 
I've seen, well, Remy Warren used a mouth release yep. for his bow yeah. when he had that, that issues with his hands. But, but there's some people there that, that can do some incredible things just because they have no other option. Yeah, well, if it's your passion, man. Dude, there's, your a, passion. there's a guy who plays drums with his feet, no hands, no hands since birth, plays drums with his feet. <laughs> I'd like to see that, man, to be honest. I'll show you a video. I watched one the other day. Is he better than you? No. But it's amazing to see that he can play drums. (laughs) He can't play bass drum, though, because obviously he's got a stick in in between his toes and he's using both his legs, so he can't play the bass drum because he's got no other. So the best part of the drums he can't play. (laughs) The best part of the drums. He can just get a little help in the hand and he'd be fine. So he he records (laughs) drum covers. Of songs, but he programs the bass drum and just plays <laughs> the hand parts basically with his feet. Oh no, that's fair. So it is. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Because he does like technical stuff, but with his feet and toes. It it is amazing what they can do. I mean, change things. I mean, you're talking about running an audio like bass beat over what he's playing, but that reminds me. Do you remember when American Guns was on? Uh, uh, or when yeah. they did a few seasons of American Guns. I can't remember the, the fella's name, but the owner ended up taking, like this vet came in and asked for a custom gun because he had his, I think he was in an explosion or something like that, and he had very limited use with his left hand or right hand, one of the two. They ended up making him a custom gun to sit on a quad. So the front of the rifle, the four ends mounted onto the front of the quad and he could just use one hand to sort of move around and shoot just so he could go hunting. So, you know, these sorts of things are definitely overcomable, but a blind, you'd think, you'd just hang up your rifle. Oh, well, not Mike, Mike Hobbins. So you're talking about rifle shooting blind. Mm. So in 2022, earlier this year, so he hadn't been hunting in 11 years because he was shot in the side of the – well, shot through the eye with, by another hunter. Ooh, huh. So he was saying that he heard a call and he knew it was a, a call, not an animal. And next thing, he took a few steps and the hunter shot by movement and Ooh. shot him in the side of the face. Bloody shot hell. through his, his left eye. So he lost his eye there and then lost vision in his right and couldn't see. Ouch. So he worked in a game call shop making game calls. So obviously probably a good guy to make a game call. He'd be pretty focused on his ears. (laughs) Um, Not a dig. (laughs) No, it's true. When you lose a sense, your other senses are heightened. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure about your hearing though because they're dropping as well. Josh has no sense of taste. He's just, no, so. he's, he's, his mouth is heightened. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's tight, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was he was shot and lost both um, lost vision in both of his eyes and hadn't touched a rifle for 11 years. So his boss was like, there's got to be something we could do. And decided to get him out. And it sounded like he was inspired by the same similar thing that Keith Warren did. So he chucked a laser pointer on this guy's rifle, which was a muzzle leader. And 
he ended up going out and taking his first deer since being blind with a laser-pointed muzzle leader. So wow. well, one would think that my mates would at least give me a belt-fed machine gun if I had both his eyes taken from me <laughs> to shoot a deer. <laughs> Not a fucking muzzle loader. Well, no, this you mu- shoot and then he's it, like, oh, reload it. This muzzle, <laughs> this muzzle loader... This muzzle loader was Mike's. It was his own rifle. So, again, I'm going to talk through it. This was his own rifle. It wasn't a rifle that was lent to him. So you would want to use your own rifle rather than someone else's. If you, oh, I guess you're not going to get flash burn if you blow. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, fuck. As much as we're being children, it is actually cool that, you know, people can go hunting even if they've lost a sense. Oh, there's always a way, and I guess in that situation, you're sort of reliant on someone else being there with you. Yeah, well, the hunting community is strong over there. So, you know, but there's people that take them up and do those sorts of things. you got to wonder where the, the sense of satisfaction then lies is the fact you've – because when if you, you know, take an animal, right? There's the meat. There's, but a lot of it's visual. Like you, well, that experience is very visual a experience. Lot of, a lot of it is visual due to the fact that we probably rely on our eyes so much. But like the way Keith Warren described it was, he can still. He was saying he still sees it, but he sees it through his hearing, and through smell. And other things as sort yeah, of visualizes the mind can do a lot. Blind people, I suppose, get to experience the world through their hearing and their yeah. imagination. Exactly. So he could be imagining what's going on in front of him whilst he does the action of shooting. What I'm confused about is when you, if you're blind from birth, what do you imagine? What does a pig look like? Yeah. What? Do you, like what? Like we imagine what we see. Oh, actually, no, because they've got the books for blind people, so I'm Brave. pretty sure that they. Yeah, they'd be able to get some sort of a picture and sense in their head. Maybe not completely accurate, but something. Yeah, it'd be good to – like, you know how you explain something to someone and then you just say, for example, get them to draw it, but then what you're trying to explain, what they <laughs> try to draw is totally different, for example. <laughs> this is for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like if they're reading Braille and what something fucking looks like. Yeah. And then their visualization would be nice to see what they visualize it as. Yeah, yeah. Get them to regurgitate. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something. Is that what it's called? Braille. 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 Right. The dots. Yeah, the dots. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Huh. I'm Look not that. blonde. I was listening to another podcast <laughs> recently, and someone rang up and asked, "What a blind? What a pe- what a blind people have a wank over?" Well, you probably wank over the feeling. Like if you're blind from birth. What well, that's what I'm saying. Like, where, what do you so, have a wank over? You I can't just feeling, sit there and imagine. Like after you've touched a woman, and you sort of feel the the contour of the body, you get a fairly accurate description. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm sort of like was getting at before. Was we're sort of we rely on our eyes so much, and we like our vision is probably a ninety percent of our senses. Mm. So, but when you are blind from birth. It would have to be touch would be your main sense for something like that. Yeah. And surely that would be heightened if it's from birth. Yeah. So 
It'd have to be the feeling extreme. of it. Yeah, the feeling of the rifle. I was more about wanking over something. <laughs> <laughs> the feeling of it. But, yeah, like for hunting, I reckon, for especially with old mate with the pigs, I would definitely be the sound. Like even he was saying that he goes, one minute was like there was nothing there and then next minute they just appear because he could hear them. They just started making noises as if they were only 100 feet away. Yeah. And the, these instances, they weren't blind from birth, so they would know. Well, the first one was. The first one was. The second the, guy wasn't, though. No. Yeah. So he would know, he would just form yeah, a mental image of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. If that was all one of you two, and it took you out and you were blind and you fired, I'd be like, you missed, cunt. <laughs> Even if you hit it. <laughs> How did you not hear that idea? He was standing right there. <laughs> oh, man. The jokes would be belt fed. <laughs> yeah, but you could hear the thud if it did hit. Yeah. Remember, you've got like. I'd be super like, oh, now. yeah, you hit the ground, mate. No, Josh would. He would shoot two deer right and just say he pointed you on to a good deer and you shot it. And then he shot something else that was shit. And he's walking up and he's like, fuck, yeah, I really wanted that deer. He's not going to know. That's a that's a prick of a move. <laughs> Oi, man, this is your deer. It's a spiker. <laughs> and then, like, your deer is lying on the ground. That I wouldn't want to be shot. blind around you. You'd pull some shit. You could shit. mess with people so badly. <laughs> not that this, not that it, our mate Steve's blind, but uh, one day I was walking with Steve along this fence line. We were just hunting rabbits with a twenty two, And I just shot one and... Yeah, died, cool, whatever. I left it. I was like, oh, I'll leave it here and get it on the way back. And Steve's just motorhead, like, in front of me just to try and shoot something. So I'm like, I'll play a trick on him. So I propped the rabbit up as if it was standing there. I even used a stick to hold its head up. And I thought, oh, we'll see if it's still there when we come back. I'll be like, hey, there's something over there. Sure enough, we've gone up. Nothing around. We've come back, and as we've come back, I knew where it was. Obviously, where I, I shot it and left it. I'm like, oi, oi, there's a rabbit over there. <laughs> so he's gotten all keen, and like this rabbit's just sort of perched on this stick, holding its head up. Looked fine. So Steve like brought his rifle up, shot. Rabbit didn't move. I'm like, you missed, you missed. So it's reloaded and shot a number of times. At that point. I lost my shit and I couldn't hold it in anymore. I'm like, oh, it's dead, you clown already. I shot it on the way up. <laughs> but that's a bit side note, but sorry about being blind. That just reminded me. <laughs> just sort of remind everyone you're an asshole. Yeah. No, you definitely game. definitely play play games with people. One thing that you said, like, why would you do it? To eat the meat, man. Yeah, I suppose you, you get know, satisfaction other ways. I'm sure he's butchering it, even though even if he is being led, you know, yeah, with someone. I think you'd I'm butcher sure he's still butchering him. it. No, no, like like say if you're taking the back straps out, you can place his hand there and guide it. He's still That's getting a the slow butchering. Process. Yeah, I think yeah, just, it doesn't matter. I think you'd butcher. It's not it for about him, you; it's about of, him. If he really wanted to, you probably could make it work. But I think you just butcher it for him and not be an asshole and watch him play with well, knives. I'd ask, like if it was one of you two, I'd ask you. And I'd say, no, nah, be right. Give me the option of butchering it. <laughs> would I'd you like it. me to give you a nah. hand butchering it? I'm just imagining you holding my hand and guiding me down with the backstrap like <laughs> that movie Ghost where they're doing the pottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. You'd get sexual. There's no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess before Googling that and coming across in videos, I would have thought, you know, you lose your vision. 
It's pretty much well, honestly. I would done never. I honestly wouldn't have thought anyone blind would have gone hunting yeah. with a firearm. So well, yeah, same. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's many other stories out there, but pretty extraordinary to be honest. It's pretty cool. It is extraordinary as much as we're. Exactly like what I said before, we're being children just hanging shit on this. Like, oh, in all seriousness, that is very impressive. Yeah, definitely. And what we are about is getting people out there shooting and hunting. So if it, if there's a means of getting someone who doesn't have all their senses out doing it or, you know, whether they're in a wheelchair or they can't walk or, I don't know, they don't have an arm or whatever, if there's a way of getting them out there and experiencing that same joy, then awesome. Well, here's one for you. We do still want to do it. If you lost one of your major senses. Yeah, I'd still want to – all right, I think I'd still want to do it. Hearing doesn't matter. But well, you, oh. Yeah, you're a prime example of that. <laughs> but, like, if you lost your sight or a hand or would you still want to do it? Oh, I'll stop hunting when I have no breath in my lungs. Cool. As long as I physically can, I'll continue to do it, yeah. Yeah. But, I think yeah. we're done. I'm done. Very good. That was actually quite interesting. Well done. It was, man. Thank you. I thought I put a bit more effort in today. I kind of like that. I like hearing these stories as like as much as you pay it out and carry on, but it's kind of good because if you're in that situation, I'd want to keep hunting. Look, and I'm sure there's people in the less of a situation that feel like they're incapable of doing so, and it just takes that little motivation, whether it's from the story that I told there or just the fact that you can look further into it and find all these people that are doing inspirational things. Yeah, well, there's a lot of them these days. Heaps. Yeah. Heaps of people kicking goals. All right, well, shall we move on to this week's ND? ND, negligent discharge. That's the one. <laughs> I don't know what, what I was, was doing. Oh, oh, I was trying to do your <laughs> trying to blow someone. Or <laughs> I don't know. Got lips right around the mic. I'm not doing sound effects anymore. All right. Well, this week's ND uh, little short story happened to me. I was out with my girls, and I took them to a, a playground we go to every now and then. And at this playground, there's a creek. And the creek's got sort of – there's a point where there's boulders across it and we sometimes go down there and, like, there's yabbies and shit you can see in there and they jump across and walk across the boulders and we make dams and shit like that. Play in this creek. Anyway, so we're back to the creek on a weekend. Down there carrying on. One of them's chucking stones in the water. The other one's making a little dam. I'm just standing there watching them so they don't fall in a drown or anything like that. And um, I look up to my left and a woman appeared on the bank. And I didn't really think too much of it of it at the time. Uh, she was, I don't know, dressed interestingly. She sort of had a a Wu Tang jacket on and a velour tracksuit and some pink slides. And she a gangster, bit gangsterish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she she had a stick in her hand, which I thought, oh yeah, people pick up sticks and use them as walking sticks, whatever. Had her headphones in and her phone in her hand and I thought, oh, yeah. So I sort of just looked up and just nodded and went back to supervising the girls. Look back and she's walking down the bank towards me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> What's going on here? Why is she making the trek? Because it's a steep bank too. Like it's not like you can just step down two steps. <laughs> and um, she comes right up to me and she goes, oh, um, I'm actually an Indigenous woman. And uh, did you know, I, I know these waterways. I know all these creeks like the back of my hand. And I thought, 
my first thought was fucking good for you, okay. But then I thought, oh, shit, is she going to tell me off for like desecrating a sacred site or something? Like where's this going? Where's this going? Is like, Why? Why have you come down this bank? And she goes, oh, these stones and there's pebbles all over the bank. She goes, oh, I know every single one of these. They all have their own story. They're all unique. I know every one of them, like the back of my hand. I'm like, again, like fucking good for you. Okay, where is this going? And by this stage, my one of my daughters had come over and she's wondering why I was talking to the strange woman. And I looked at the stick she was holding and it had a feather sticking out the top of it. She's sort of holding it there while she's talking to me. And uh, then she bends down and picks up a red, we'll call it a red rock for now. She picks it up, right? And uh, she goes, this is red ochre. This is what my people do the cave paintings with. See, you can actually do do drawings with it. And she starts drawing on a rock. And I look down and I'm like, this piece of red ochre in air quotes that she's picked up is actually a red house brick, a piece of red house brick, which I'd pointed out to my daughter not five minutes before when she picked it up and said, Dad, why has this got these perfect little arches in it? Well, it's because it's a brick. It's a piece of brick. There's like tiles and shit and all sorts in this creek. So I thought, okay, this woman is fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She's picked up a a piece of house brick and she's trying to tell me that her ancestor did fucking cave paintings with the thing. Albeit it was drawing quite effectively on a boulder in red. And this stage, my daughter's all in. She's like, oh, holy crap. (laughs) This woman's showing me these ancient traditions. Dad knows nothing. (laughs) Dad knows nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, I'm sitting there going, fuck, she's she's drawing with a bloody house brick, trying to tell me it's red ochre. Then she continues and she goes, see this feather on on the end of her stick slash staff? She goes, this is from the great eagle in the sky, and it came to me. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, woman? Like, I'm looking at this feather. It's white with a yellow tip. I'm like, it's a fucking cockatoo feather, you weirdo. <laughs> so I, I just, at this point, I'm like, all right, so clearly you've got a screw loose. Why have you taken it upon yourself to come down here? I, f- I was worried she was going to tell me off for like, I'm ruining some traditional site or whatever. But as soon as I established she's just a weirdo, I don't know. If my daughters weren't there, I probably would have just told her to fuck off. But because they were there, I sort of just was nodding and going, oh, that's nice. and Entertained it. Entertained it. But then again, if you're playing with stones in the creek by yourself, that will be weirder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but I'm just like, I just wanted to fucking go away, but – because I've now got one of my daughters standing next to me. She's listening. I'm listening. Now she's got an audience. So she just kept prattling on about this crap. And then I'm trying to think of how I could get out of this. So my other daughter was just like on a boulder in the middle of the creek and I was sort of wondering why she was out there and how she got out there. And I sort of just made out like I had to get over there and help her out. So I sort of just bailed out and said, oh, sorry, i just got to sort this one out. And I just moved off. And she went to the top of the bank and then she just was like talking to herself and panning her phone around. I'm like, she better not be fucking filming me right now. And if she is, she's probably just like, oh, I just showed this guy what's what with all these like traditional fucking whatever. 
But then I'm like, she's crazy. Talking to my daughter, who's just turned seven, she's like, oh, dad, that was amazing. And I'm like, mate, you can't believe everything everyone tells you because that lady was a little bit crazy. Oh, no, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. I'm like... Yeah, how do you how do you go about that delicately to your daughter? <laughs> selling it to the kids. Yeah. It, that is difficult. It is difficult. And I we just did it humorously in the end. Cuz she she just thought it was legit because all she's seen in te- on TV or if, you know, uh, an indigenous person comes to their school and does a talk is legit stuff. So she just automatically assumed that mm. you know, a brown-skinned indigenous-looking woman would be legit, which she definitely wasn't. She was kooky. I don't know if you're going to have to edit this bit out, but I actually, it's funny <coughs> that you mentioned that because it just so happened that I learned something. And once again, it it's on Google. I don't know how true this is, but apparently in the 1970s, a white school teacher actually taught the Indigenous how to paint. Dot paintings. See the the dot painting, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the dot paintings. I don't know about, you know, if there's a difference or maybe or the housework has some not. truth behind it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what I've come to believe from. Okay, Google. Uh, Google also went on to say that they've tried to make it illegal for other. How do I say this nicely? But Ra- other races races to. Paint dot paintings. Okay. I mean, I don't feel like you can. This is a form of art. Copyright a style of painting. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know, but that's just what I read. After it was only by pure coincidence that that I looked at these articles after you told me this weekend. Because the brick thing, like, come on, a house brick is pretty identifiable. It was, which is what struck me as odd. But she's just gone straight to Red Ochre, which it wasn't. It was a house brick. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. Anyway, that's my ND. Crazy people coming up to you at random and telling you shit. That's bullshit. Because obviously the great eagle in the sky wasn't a great eagle. It was a fucking cockatoo. Well, I guess this is a good thing about having a phone these days is you can check things. I don't know how, apart from using humour, how you tell your daughter, listen, mate. That She's wasn't cooked. wasn't true. Well, she bought the the bit of house brick and another rock home because she she likes stones, bones, twigs. Fucking, she collects weird shit sometimes. So she bought the bit of house brick home and another rock, and she left them on the front window sill out the front of the house. And I and then she went back to her mum's place after the weekend, and I saw she'd left them there, and I sort of picked the house brick up. And I just sort of chucked it and left the other oh. stone there. And the next time she was back at my house, she's like, oh, Dad, I left two rocks here. Where's the other one? Which was the red house brick one. And I sort of said to her tongue-in-cheek, oh, maybe that crazy lady came and grabbed it again so she could do a cave painting. <laughs> and we both had a laugh and she sort of like, it was one of those cool. She's going to believe that up until she's 15 now. Well, or the fact she's going to tell her friends. Or the fact that she laughed. She, she laughed in, and came said. and like she came over to me and sort of gave me a hug and like it's one of those dad daughter moments where she sort of like not well sort of like half punches you and like falls into you and you give her a hug and you both laugh and so she gets it. She's got a good sense of humor, but at the time she was 
shitty at me for trying to tell her that this lady was crazy and not legit. <laughs> or, she, or she's given up on you and she's just laughing going, he's such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was an Aboriginal yeah. rock. <laughs> she's going to get to school and be like, oh, a spiritual lady came and grabbed the rock that I took. Yeah. Teacher's like, don't believe your father. But, no, <laughs> she, knew, she knew I was taking the piss and she had a good laugh about it. Are you sure? Good. No, definitely. I think I, know my, I think I know my own daughter. I don't know. Your parents thought they knew you before you hopped a fence and put porn in people's letterboxes as a kid. They didn't know I did that, though. Well, yeah, but they thought yeah, you were they a do. stunning example of a child. Wouldn't you want your parents to think you don't do things that are... You shouldn't be doing? Exactly. All right, man, I drank piss when I was young. Look how you turned out. here. stunted. If this is stunted... I don't want to be right. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up. We've got to say a big thank you to everyone for listening to us. Our waffle, our crap, our carry-on. It was actually cool to talk about some cool stuff that we uh, were able to try out on the weekend, thanks to Ground Force International. Ground Force International. Stay tuned for some videos in the future for that. we also got to say a big thank you to Firearm Owners United for supporting us and promoting our podcast. So make sure you jump on and get around what they're all about, which is fighting the egregious gun laws that are proposed and in place currently in Australia. And another big thank you to High Calibre as well for supporting our podcast. Make sure you jump on to highcalibre.com.au. Check out all the gear on there. Buy yourself some cleaning products, some gun oil, some knife oil, cleaning mats, there's still some cleaning mats, I reckon, so jump on. You can buy the collab cleaning mat that we did with High Calibre as well, which has our logo on it. And make sure you use the promo code SENDITMATE for 10% off at checkout. But other than that, dudes, it's time to get out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Make sure you jump on all our social media, follow us, like us, rate us. Send us an email. Send them a podcast at gmail.com for all of you who don't have social media and just want to be in contact with us. We're happy to chat to you about whatever. Cool. All right, dude, do this. Let's get out of here. It's time to go home to bed. Dude, that was just painful. (laughs) (laughs) Catch you. Gotcha. <laughs> He's just so awkward. Stop being awkward. You're awkward. Just want to give that suspense. Are they going to say it or not? Say what? Catch it. Catch it. Dude and dudettes. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking made it awkward before. Uh, just be better. <clears throat> do want to do that ending again? That's good. Yeah. Roll with it. Peace out. G'day, dudes and dudettes. Josh here. If you find it hard to keep your long, hard barrels free from gun STDs, maybe you need a clean out of your bore. If this is you, jump on over to highcaliber.com.au and use the promo code SENDITMATE to receive a 10% discount on all your gun cleaning needs. And remember, it's sexy to support Australian-made products. Everyone here at Senate Mate uses high calibre, and we can promise you that it'll keep your firearms free from those pesky gun 
STDs.